What's up, everybody? Welcome to Anime Baby, where we copy what's popular. I'm your host, Mikey, and I'm going to become the Wizard King. Oh, you didn't catch that? Then let me just repeat it incessantly until you get it. I'm going to be the Wizard King, 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 I'm going to be the Wizard King. And join with me, as always, is... The most annoying, the most grating grin on this block, Ryan. <laughs> and on this episode, we're going to be covering one of the newest Shonen series on the block, the Lex Luger of Shonen. The Big Daddy Cool Diesel of, sh of Shonen. <laughs> the Big Dog. Black Clover Season 1. <sighs> if you cannot hear my disappointment in my intro, <laughs> it will become apparent throughout this review. But before we get into it, let's get you up to speed. Black Clover is a manga series published in Weekly Shonen Jump and is written and illustrated by Yuki Tabata. Throughout his career, he did mostly one-shots until 2011 when he did a one-shot manga called Hungry Joker, which apparently was well-received enough to uh, get a, picked up for a full series in 2012. It had three volumes and, and it ended in 2013. Then came 2014 when he did another one-shot, which was the original Black Clover. Same deal as before, Shonen Jump liked it, and it was picked up for a full series starting in February 2015, and is still going on to this day. So, uh, did you ever know about uh, Black Clover, the original manga, when it came out? Oh, when it was starting out, no, I knew, like, next to nothing about it. Like, the name would pop up here and there, but I never, I always thought, like, oh, this is just gonna be something that's gonna, like, fizzle out after a while. Like, it's, it's not gonna be anything, like... It's just one of those. It's just one of those series that'll be pushed to the back of uh, Shonen Jump, and <laughs> it'll just like naturally run its course and you know fizzle out with a whimper. Uh, not true. No, like uh, same same deal with me. Like I never heard about this thing when the original manga was beginning. It like it wasn't only until the anime started. Then I that's when I first heard of it. I feel like that's how it was for a lot of people. Like it didn't really get any like actual like attention until like that actually occurred. Right. Oh, I should mention that uh, around the time when Black Clover started, uh, Naruto ended its run a few months earlier in November of 2014, while uh, another big three Shonen Jump manga, uh, Bleach, would go on until August of 2016, the following year. Pick up on this, folks. These are plot points. <laughs> yeah, so Black Clover began in the midst of two of the big three Shonen coming to an end, just... So hold on to this, I'll, I'll come back to it. Uh, fast forward two years after the manga began in October 2017, Black Clover's anime adaptation began airing and was given a huge push. Like, Crunchyroll got the simulcast and even before it aired, there was a crap ton of ads all over the place for this show. I remember, I remember even them promoting a theatrical screening of this show. 
Like, did, did you remember this? No, I don't remember the theatrical screening whatsoever. <laughs> oh yeah, like, uh, this was around, like, after the series had just started, uh, about a month or so after they started airing, they had this, like, they sold tickets to, like, have an event in December of 2017, like, a three-night event where they would screen episodes of the Black Clover anime in over 200 theaters. God damn. And the anime only just began a couple months beforehand. <laughs> Seems a bit early to do that. No, you gotta gotta push it out. And also, happening in December of 2017, Black Clover began airing the English dub of the anime on Toonami. I believe uh, when uh, we first heard the announcement of this, we just we just didn't know what to think of it. <laughs> yeah, when when it initially dropped, we were just like, oh, okay, like we'll give it a shot. We'll give it a chance, like we do with any show. But <laughs> oh boy. Oh, and also another thing about uh, its Toonami airing is that uh, you know how like it goes when Toonami wants to air a show, uh, the heads and like the creative team of Toonami go to like uh, the distributor and like they ask, they specifically request a show that they want to have air on the block. Right, right. It's how they get their shows and stuff. Yeah, and they have to like go through all the legal process to get the TV deals and everything and whatnot. So it's basically like Toonami, we want this. Can you please help us? And then the studio is like, okay, we'll help you. Let's go through the details and all the legal stuff. Mm-hmm. But with uh, Black Clover, that wasn't the case, because apparently the distributor for Black Clover specifically requested Toonami to air this on the block. They wanted Toonami to air this. Toonami did not go to them. And like uh, Jason DeMarco did say that uh, when he was asked this, he gave a few episodes a watch and thought like, okay, this is a good fit for the block. It's an action series. It's got fantasy elements and whatnot. Put it on the air. Eh? Yeah, I can see from a business standpoint how this would have been, you know, good for Toonami in like the long run. But uh, basically what I'm trying to get at here is that, like, uh, with all this, this kind of, like, big promotion that's been giving, like, trying to, like, really push the show is, and also my re earlier references to uh, pro wrestlers Lex Luger and Diesel, uh, like those guys, Black Clover has been giving this unbelievable, undeserved rocket to the moon push. Like, immediately out of the gate with its anime adaptation. Yeah, it's, 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 it's been a little, it's been a bit much. Yeah. To say the least. It just, it just feels like Shonen Jump is just pulling, like, a Vince McMahon here going, You don't like what you like. You like what we tell you to like. <laughs> oh, yes. This, this has been steadily proving the case a bit with uh, Black Clover. Though, I don't think it's entirely the advertising's fault. I think there are some other factors to it, personally. But uh, I kind of, uh, I have a big theory for, like, why this supposed push has been going on for Black Clover since uh, the anime adaptation began. As uh, previously mentioned before the, went before the manga began, Naruto, one of the biggest Shonen Jump series of all time, had just wrapped up months prior. And then while Bleach would only end a year later, but... Uh, you read the Bleach manga, would you say like around 2015 the kind of the writing was on the wall for the series and that it, it was only a matter of time before it ended? Mm, oh yeah, yeah, it was always going to end at some point. So like in the middle of this happening, Shonen Jump was probably thinking like, okay, we're known for the big three, but like two of our big three are like going to be wrapping up soon. Like we need another, we need another heavy hitter. Like we already have One Piece, My Hero Academia is like slowly starting to work its way up the rankings, but we, we need a third one, but we don't want to wait. Hey, Yuki Tabata, you have a series. Why don't you come on down and we can work out a deal with Black Clover? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think there could have been some uh, di uh, business decisions to it that uh, could have brought it to that point. Although, personally, I think it's also um, partly due to just uh, audiences wanting something um, different to digest. <laughs> As we will soon see, uh, maybe something easier to digest. 
Something a little, like, on the mediocre side that's easy to consume and, like, doesn't require 600-plus chapters to read to get caught up on it. You know, basically like how you look at One Piece and it's like this wonderful, beautiful, filet mignon steak dinner. You look at Black Clover and it's Hardee's. Well, well, I don't know about that. That's at least how I think of it. <laughs> I would say I would say One Piece, you could look at it more as like a big fancy buffet, and um, Black Clover is more just like a, a Perkins steak dinner. <laughs> You know, it's it, it's 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 easy. It's it's hard to describe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's hard to describe without fully understanding uh, what the series actually turned out to be. Because for all the hype, for all that this series was pushed, for all that the uh, talk, for as far as the talk went for the series, it uh, it really did not skip very far. No, and also, like, uh, another idea I had for, like, why Black Clover in particular was chosen is because uh, you look at some of the other uh, series from Shonen Jump and you kind of think, like, some of them are really good, but they wouldn't be something that Shonen Jump would want to, like, really promote up there with One Piece and My Hero. Like, say, for example, uh, Hunter Hunter, a very good manga, but the problem is it goes on hiatus a lot to the point where it's, like, a running gag among the fan base. So, like, the Shonen Jump would need something like that's more consistent on a weekly basis. I would also argue that, like, Hunter Hunter is, like, when you actually read the manga, it's, like, 70% text and, yeah. <laughs> like, 30% art. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen any of the more recent chapters. Like, not chapters. the recent chapters I haven't seen. Yeah, not the more recent chapters, but if you look at any of them, holy shit, it is a slog to read through. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get the series, like, prides itself on, like, these, like, really smartly written uh, battles or, like, arcs and stuff that, like interesting like uh game theory and whatnot and like strategizing but oh man it really doesn't like it's really not accessible when you just look at like the amount of text that is written into that series yeah so that's why hunter hunter probably not a viable choice for the next uh for the third spot oh uh what about jojo's bizarre adventure uh very no. <laughs> very 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 niche series with it's a very much an acquired taste no it's i know it's considered i know it's technically considered a shonen in like yeah. some parts and it's like, a, and it is technically a part of the shonen jump family right it is part of the shonen jump family but that's far that's as far like, as it but it, it's like, gonna be far from replacing anything anywhere yeah and plus like i love it to death we both love it to death but it's like uh no it wouldn't be the one you like really want to push like it's in like i said it's very niche and very acquired taste yeah it has existed for a long period of time and also not to mention it's monthly only so not a weekly series precisely and uh ooh, what about uh bort the boruto manga you know spin-off of one of the most popular series naruto and, but uh, the problem with that is it's not being worked on by kishimoto directly he's just in a supervisory role while it's being handled by two of his former editors god you think that wouldn't matter though you really think you that really wouldn't matter. think like Honestly, I'm kind of surprised they didn't, like, push Bort as much as the... You think that would be, like, the natural choice. Yeah, but also with uh, Bort, like like with JoJo, it's monthly only. Mm, right, right. So, yeah, those those are out, and, like, what else is there in Shonen Jump that you can push along with uh, One Piece of My Hero? What's that volleyball one, Haikyuu? Haikyuu, yeah. Haikyuu? I mean, that's kind of up there. But it's a sports manga, and uh, Shonen Jump's Big 3 has always been, like, these big adventure series right and you know volleyball doesn't sell well for everybody no like a certain a certain demographic but not everyone right right it's for somebody out there but not for like everybody yeah i've already mentioned my hero and like i want to go back to that for a second talk about how like uh, this series like really 
I feel like it really worked to get itself over with like fans all over the world. And specifically the anime adaptation, you know how it started with only one 13 episode season. They just like say, okay, this is a test run, like prove it, prove that you can be our next big series. If you're more successful, we'll do more of it, which they end up doing. And now every year for the past like a couple of years, we get like one 25 episode season each year. Yep, yep, yeah. My, my hero is really proving itself to be like the the big successor to the big three right now. It's the little shown in that it's, good. It's trailing. I would say it's trailing just behind One Piece. Yeah. Granted, it's still got a long ways to go <laughs> to mm. catch up with One Piece, but it's really proving that it can uh, it can play with the big boys. Yeah, it can be like it, it's, it's like, that star rookie. Yeah, it's that's like, what it feels like. It's that star rookie in the in the. In the football league. Yeah, it's like, it's the Baker Mayfield of uh, Shonen Jump. Exactly. Nah, none of that for Black Clover, as uh, as soon as it got an anime adaptation, immediately 51 episodes. Jeez. And, al- come out? and also, like uh, the One Piece and Naruto anime, it's uh, consistently airing, no breaks in between seasons, just every week, new episode, new episode, new episode. God, such a big investment for, like, this series. <laughs> Ooh, even bigger investment. Uh, one year after the anime began, it got a video game. Ooh, man. My Hero had to wait two years for its own video game. To be fair, that's kind of par of the course for many shonen out there. Like, it's inevitable they're gonna get, like, a game. Yeah, but, like, not this soon. I, I've actually seen footage of the Black Clover video game, and apparently it's, like, this weird third-person shooter, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Given how much characters in the series just stand around and fire magic <laughs> off. <laughs> I can actually see that. Right. But I think we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, okay. Uh, I've, but I, I think I can see what you're doing here. You're bringing up all these shonen. Black Clover um, probably would not exist without many of these shonen already existing right. already. And I think that's uh, one of the big points we're going to be getting to with Black Clover. Yeah. <laughs> is just how um, is just how special this series is as a shonen. It is. <laughs> Well, do you think we've uh so, yeah, let's Do you uh, think we've gone on enough? Yeah, so let me just I just got a little bit more here. So like this brings us to the anime itself. So uh, the series re- was produced by Studio Pro, aka the same studio that did the Bleach anime and the Naruto anime as well as the currently airing Bort anime, which aired the uh, same year as Black Clover just earlier in 2017. Yeah, and do they what's their record like? I like the Bort anime. <laughs> uh, they also did the Sonic OVA which I liked. I've heard differing accounts of varying degrees of quality from Yeah, it's like that those are the only two things from Perot that I actually legitimately like. But yeah, they're they I guess they're that studio that you rely on if you want to really pump out things in the long run. I'm guessing they're consistent. I, I, yeah, let's that's a nice way to put it. They're consistent. Like you know what you're getting and it's just like you're not going to get delays, you're just you're you're going to get a new episode each and every week no matter what. No matter how hard they work their employees. And probably pay a minimum wage. Yeah, exactly. So either way, you're going to be getting like a bunch of workhorse like animators who are going to like really deliver exactly what you want. Ooh, let's talk about some of the staff. Uh, the show is directed by Tatsuya Yoshihara, whose previous directorial works include Monster Musume and Yatterman Knight. <laughs> Uh, Yatterman Knight, for those of you who don't know, is known for being one of the few Funimation licensed animes that never got an English dub. Uh, the reason being for this is that uh, the viewership during its simulcast run was so low, it wasn't worth dubbing, so they released it on home video subtitles only. Oh, that's sad. And the less said about Monster Musume, the better. <laughs> that's that's just enough said right there. So yeah, like with all this, 
these accolades, the studio behind it, and all this guy's directorial works, it's like, God, what a what a murderer's row of, of talent we have here. <laughs> right, exactly. This is the guy who directed the uh, the acting behind the amazing protagonist of Monster Musume. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna deliver. He's gonna deliver a, a grand slam here. He's gonna give you never before seen results. <laughs> and onto the English dub side of things, uh, Black Clover is licensed by Funimation, and the dub is directed by Chris George, with scripts handled by Bonnie Clinkenbeard. And on the subject of the dub, I just want to talk about the one good thing about the show, and just like get it out of the way before we get into our bitching, is that the dub is the only thing I can talk positively about the show, because like with most Funimation dubs, it's very solid, all things considered. Well, I would say is they they work well with what they're given. Yes, yes. <laughs> they were they they were given some um, pretty garbage stuff here, mm-hmm. but and they made it work. They they do give it socks at least. Yes, they 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 put a lot of work into what they were given. I usually watch dubs anyway, but like I've seen I've heard some of the Japanese version of Black Clover, and I can't stand it. Like. I can't stand Asta in Japanese. It's oh yeah, the, the main char- the main character of the series. No, I would not be able to stand him in Japanese. Like he's 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 listenable <laughs> in this version. Yeah, like give in me the English da- version. Give me Dallas Reed any day of the week. Yeah, D- Dallas Reed does a fine job. Although he he really got he really has to watch his voice there because voice acting Asta mm-hmm. uh, th- that cannot be easy on his voice. No, that's got to be tough. Like I, like if you were to go to a convention that I would uh, go to, I would love to ask like, okay, how do you do this each and every week? Because this is a simul dub. Like they have to come into the studio each week and record this. Right, right. Because at least like Clifford Chapin like voicing Bakugo in My Hero, at least he gets like time off to recover his voice. Yeah. Because I've heard like that, that role is killer on him. Yeah, that but, like really but for him. But for like Asta here, like Oh my god, to be voicing that on a regular basis and pumping out the episodes. Yeah. That's gotta be killer. Like, much respect to you, dude. Yeah, a lot of respect to you. So, uh, going into the series, like, uh, we both watched this through the Toonami broadcast. Uh, what was your thought process going into it? My expectations were at, like, just a straight, love flat line. <laughs> I had no higher aspirations or lower, like, aspirations for the series. I was a completely blank slate. I want to make that clear. <laughs> but did you want to give it a chance? I did want to give it a chance because, hey, Toonami was giving it a chance. Mm-hmm. I've trusted them in the past. Sure, they've had a few hiccups here and there. <laughs> <laughs> but in general, I have trusted them to deliver some uh, tasteful anime to me. So yeah, I was feeling, uh, in my natural state, I was feeling hopeful. Mm-hmm. I was feeling hopeful for Black, Ho- Black Clover. Yeah, d- s- same. Same. <laughs> Okay, if it's good, it's good. I haven't heard many good things, but, you know, people's tastes are different. You know, sometimes, like, people like things that you don't like and vice versa. So maybe this could be one of those cases. So I had I had a little bit of... I gave it a little bit more of a chance. But... <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'll say this now. My hopes were just dashed immediately. <laughs> so, so I think I've stalled long enough. So with all that out of the way... We're talking Black Clover Season 1, so without further ado, let's start the show. I'm using my inhaler now. 
century arc. Kick off. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Can I just say right now? Can I just say right now? Yeah. Okay, like, for... I feel like one of the most proliferated things about Black Clover that I could first remember is that everybody, almost everybody I knew, like, almost every voice, like, on the internet, like, <laughs> just had to say at the beginning of this, like, the first, like, four-ish episodes of the series are fucking awful. Yeah. And most of it's they, filler. They're... Yeah, even more. Like, you're starting off the series. First four episodes that you want to introduce everything. And I've seen the manga, like, at least mm. near the beginning, you know? Yeah. There's ample stuff there for an introduction. There's no need to, like, pan things out or anything. Mm -hmm. Like, really stretch things out. And yet the animation crew for the series said, No, we need filler here. <laughs> we gotta start things out right. We gotta, like, we gotta, like, fill shit in here. <laughs> Like, oh my god, how, like, how do you bosh, like, a series right out the gate? Out the gate almost immediately. Like, uh, for example, I know, like, the, the Bort anime, like, the, that early arc is all filler, but, like, it kind of works because it, it leads up to the beginning of the manga and also the movie. This okay, okay, so that's, it's not, it's, it's worth saying that, like, some, it, opening with, opening with filler is not inherently bad. It adds more in the, in the case of, uh, Bort. Okay, so having... Filler as your opening to your series, not inherently bad, mm -hmm. but in the case of Black Clover here, it did not help anything at all. No, it didn't, so uh, let's uh, let's dive into this. So yeah, we open up uh, almost immediately with just something dumb. Asta, our main character, played here by Dallas Reed, hits on the nun, Sister Lily, played here by Don Bennett, and gets turned down for the umpteenth time, but vows to never give up because, you know, he's that kind of guy who just, like, keeps going and going and doesn't know, doesn't take no for an answer. Immediately with our, with our hero here, we know that he has a big fetish for, like, celibacy, I guess. Right. <laughs> and also all the other orphans in this uh, orphanage, they all just, like, Probably shit on him, including you know, played here by Micah Solasad. So I'm just kind of looking at this, going, is this one of the worst introductions who was shown in lead? Like, 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 let's let's go through some shown in introductions here. Like, you know, One Piece, you have Luffy busting out of a barrel and uh, beating up some pirates. You know, a lot of fun really gets over like how much he wants to fight and everything like that. Mm -hmm, right. Hunter Hunter, Gone catches a legendary giant monster fish out of a lake to prove that he can uh, take the Hunter exam. My Hero Academia, Deku marveling at all the heroes uh, saving the day and taking out a bad guy, getting over how, like, he's very much into heroes and how he t retains memory of, like, heroes' powers and everything. Like, all good stuff. So, like, you need to put your best foot forward, and this is it? You get this nomad numpty over here acting like a brat, hitting on this nun? Yeah, like, well, well, like, it, it, it at the very least introduces the, the, the this is a world that is uh, full of magic, mm -hmm. where everybody uses magic for just about everything in life, uh, everybody has a, just about everybody has a spell book that they use to unleash magic, and that um, it's a big driving uh, factor and force in this world, uh, shaped by many centuries of uh, very fine wizards who have done many fine acts. Oh, and also I should mention that uh, during the scene we get some, like, remember this? Some, like, orphan kid that's, like, his only dialogue is just exposition. Every line is just, like, magic is everything in this world and you have no magic. Asta and Yuno, you, you're both the same age, but you know you're, he's, you're better. With Yuno's magic, he'll be the Magic Knight, which are strong wizards. Asta, you never showed up about being the Wizard King. Like, just get your information out there fast. Like, just, no one talks like this. Audience, this is everything you need to know about these characters. <laughs> are you getting it? Do you get it? Good. 
So, uh, what do you think of Asta here? Uh, really unlikable shonen <laughs> exactly. protagonist. <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't help that, like, the, the lines that he is given here, like, pretty much entirely call for, like, screaming. Mm-hmm. And apparently Studio Piero decided it also meant for a lot of, like, repeated animation. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, this they 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 really demonstrate just how little work they were going to put into the series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it's just an indicator for everything that's to come for the series. Lots of like repeated animations, really lazy movements, like not not a very good like color palette to the show either. Oh god, no, that's like one of the worst things I hate about this animation. No, it's not it's not a very good show to look at. It's so the colors are, like, muted and bland. Yeah, it's very drab-looking. Like, you'd think with a show like this, it would be, like, uh, you'd do something, do something like, say, the earlier seasons of Fairy Tale, where everything's, like, all bright and colorful, and, and like, everything just pops. Mm-hmm. Like, it really works with the magic world. Right, right. Or at least, or at least I'll, I'll give credit to the manga, at least in, like, one regard. The artwork looks a little, um, almost like a Baroque or Art Nouveau-ish, and, like, some of it's, like, uh, art design a little bit, and s- in some places, in some, like, uh, book designs or something, or at least in, like, some, uh, action scenes, there's a, there's a, a bit more, cra- um, visual, like, art and craft to, um, what's on display there, but, uh, the, the, the magic doesn't even look good in this series. No. <laughs> no, no. Oh, and this is just the, this this is just the this is just the start though. This is just the start. More to come. Yeah. So we talked about Asta. Uh, let's talk about uh, Mr. Personality here. You know, uh, what do you think of him? <laughs> I saw like you know, and then I looked at Asta, and then I heard that these two characters were brothers. Well, they're not, their... they don't say they're brothers because in the opening scene of the show, when they're uh, found by uh, the priest when they're left on the doorstep, the priest is like, "Oh no, they can't be brothers, but they're the same age." Just he just assumes that, but right, 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 right. not but, specifically like, said brothers, right? But they're still like brother figures to each yeah. other. I immediately started thinking, like, are they really gonna do like Naruto Sasuke again? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. I started thinking, are they really gonna do this shit again? <laughs> oh man, like it, it did not bode well. <laughs> oh no. Also, another thing I noticed is, like, you have one character with white hair, one character with black hair. They're kind of seen as opposites of of each other, so I'm kind of thinking, like, is the writer going with some kind of, like, obvious yin-yang thing, sort of, with these two here? It's a really easy to... It's a really easy thing to fall into. It's really easy symbolism. I want to give the writer credit here and say (laughs) he didn't consider that. He didn't want to do that, but it's, it's... it, it feels like an easy answer. Mm-hmm. It feels like an easy answer, and one that the series... I would not be surprised if they went with that. Yeah, considering some of like the other ways they uh, do symbolism and characterization in the show, it just wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. So, on to the rest of the show. Uh, in this world, uh, inspiring young wizards, when they reach a certain age, at least 15, are given books called grimoires. Uh, grimoires are magical items that greatly enhance the user's the ability to use magic. And they also serve as a written record for all the user's spells. As the owner of the grimoire grows, new magic spells are inscribed into the book. So uh, the size of the book correlates with uh, how much uh, magic power they have. So basically a dick measuring contest. <laughs> In a way. Oh yeah, and they come from a big library that comes from where the books come from fucking nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was immediately one of the things that bugged me about this show. Like, we're not going to delve into that much backstory into these books here. Like, <laughs> we're not going to learn how they're made. Like, even even just, like, you could just spend, like, 20 seconds. 20 no. seconds just explaining where these books come from. Nah, no time. <laughs> you could just do a little bit of that. 
No, you know, just, I, but no, I like immediately like at the gate. I'm like getting confused here. Nah, man, that would require effort. So everyone gets their books, and you know himself actually gets the legendary four leaf clover grimoire because of his big dick magic energy. As for Asta, he initially gets nothing. But uh, later on, during a fight with some asshole who has the magic ability to produce awful CGI chains with his grimoire, uh, Asta gets his own grimoire out of nowhere. The even more uber super duper legendary five leaf clover. You know the whole thing with like uh, four leaf clovers and how each leaf is supposed to represent something, right? Right. You know, the first leaf is meant to represent hope, second leaf is faith, third is love, and then with the fourth is luck, which they do say in the series. In real life, the fifth is actually meant to represent money, but uh, in this show, they kind of take things really further and say like the fifth leaf is supposed to represent the devil. (laughs) (laughs) How do you go from like luck to the devil? Yeah, just this is just a huge leap here. Just all of a sudden, like you know, is lucky, and all of a sudden, Asta, devil magic! Oh my god! So you know, gets a fancy little book with a four-leaf clover on it, and Asta just out of nowhere, just like gets a very dark-ass-looking book with a five-leaf clover on it. Okay, so we've got the uh, power set up here for our characters. Also, hang on, hold on, hold on a minute, players. Let me get this straight. So we have two orphan boys. One is arrogant outgoing and cocky. The other is cold, calm, and introverted. They both have untapped superhuman powers and abilities. One seems to have otherworldly powers on par with the devil, a devil trigger, if you will. Also, one of his main weapons is a big-ass powerful two-handed sword, and there's also an amulet that one of them has had since they were a baby. What I'm getting at here is that this is basically Devil May Cry. Asta is Dante and you know is Virgil. <laughs> is this fucking Devil May Cry? <laughs> like, never mind. Well, like, I thought you were gonna go for Naruto again. <laughs> no, no, never mind ripping off Naruto and, Sk- and Sasuke. This series may have ripped off Dante and Virgil from Devil May Cry. <laughs> like, I swear to God, if it's revealed later on that they actually are brothers and that they're the sons of a demon knight who rebelled against humanity, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I actually kind of did the math on this, and uh, Yuki Tabata would have been in his mid to late teens when the first Devil May Cry game came out, so he would have been at the right age for the height of that series' popularity in Japan. Oh, man. Just just the theory. A game theory. Right. A bullshit theory. (laughs) (laughs) I can cut that one out. So yeah, after this, and then like uh, they defeat the CGI chain dude, and then uh, they both agree to be rivals and stuff, and like both of them want to be the Wizard King, because that's the whole uh, that's the whole premise of the show right there. Yep, yep. These two really want to be the Wizard King, and uh, what is the Wizard King in this universe? Essentially, the ruler of uh, the Wizarding world. Well, in the Clover Kingdom. Well, yes. It's I would say it's a confusing name. It it's, is. It's a bit of a confusing name. It's it's. Again, to go back to Naruto, <laughs> it's basically the Hokage. Yes, it is. <laughs> they're not they're not a king. They're not actually a king, as their name would imply. Mm-hmm. Uh, nor if you're reading uh, the manga, nor are they like uh, a magic emperor, even. Really, they're, they're just the head of like the army. That's it. That just serve yeah. the actual king. Yeah. It's it's. I'm. I really don't like that name. No. I really do not like it's it. It's not great. I mean, sure, I guess it just implies that they've got, like, a mastery or, like, a kingship over magic, I guess. Or, like, they're emperors of magic in a way, but, God, I wish they went for a better name here. Yeah, but I guess it's, like, the term that they thought just, like, it was easy enough to get across. Couldn't just call it, like, Archwizard or something? 
No, that's an actual class. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, though? This, this series is already rooted in fantasy. Why not just name it that? The things I wonder with Black Clover. Yeah. So after that introduction, it's on to the Hunter exam. I, I mean, uh, Magic Knight exam. This is where you show off your magic skills in front of the captains of each magic guild, and then the captains get to choose who they want to join their guild. Yes, because under the Wizard King are all of the uh, Magic Knight squads. Uh, the protectors of the Clover Kingdom, and the strongest wizards out there. Yes, though before we get to the exam, we get the first of many, and I mean many, moments of Asta marveling at something and geeking out like a fucking mark. He does this way too much in the series. Like, he gets to the capital city, and he's like, Oh my god, look at this city! I've never been here before, even though I lived on the outskirts of town! I know, I know, and it's like, and it's and it's just more filler, too. It's just more filler where he's just amazed at the magic around him, and it's like, okay, I know he's like a nerd and stuff, but like, he hasn't already seen some of this stuff in like his own village. Yeah. It's not like magic is restricted to people out there or anything. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't you read like a magic newspaper or something? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's, but yeah, you, you do make a big point that like it's a it's a constant trait with this guy that he's yeah. just amazed by like every every little thing, and it just means more of the actor who's portraying him just like yelling out at everything he is like looking at. Right. It's it's really it's not endearing whatsoever. <laughs> it's really not. So on to the actual exam. Uh, one of the first tests is flying with a broom, and wouldn't you know it, Asta can't do it. Gee, never seen that before, <coughs> Little Witch Academia. <laughs> oh, another thing I've certainly never seen before, I, I don't even know about you, but uh, we get uh, one examinee trying to buddy up with Asta only to uh, show his true colors and screw him over. Fucking Tone Puff from Hunter Hunter much? <laughs> <laughs> like, at least this guy doesn't have, has the decency to not poison juice and feed it to uh, Asta here. Right, right, if only because there weren't, like, refreshments beforehand. <laughs> right. So Asta does beat up this dude in a fight, and we get the first hint of his abilities as he uses his sword that he got in from uh, inside the grimoire to uh, cut through the dude's magic. So anti-magic, but uh, nah, that's that's not magic though. Come on, what are you? What are you stupid? Anti-magic being magic, even though he can clearly bend the laws of physics and pull a sword from his grimoire, it's still not considered magic. No, not by anyone else in this world. Totally not magic. What are you talking about? I, it's that's like, not that's not any magic I've ever seen before. If I haven't seen it, then it's totally not magic. Everyone in Black Clover is just like, sure, I can see him pull the sword out of the book. Sure, I can see it glow. But is it really magic? Like, maybe it's magic in the sense of, like, a magician, you know, like a child's magician, you know, nothing up my sleeve, nothing up my sleeve, oh, pulling a sword out of my book. Clear, clearly he's just pulling a slate of hand here, folks. Yeah, like, I've seen this trick before, I know what you're pulling, Asta, that sword was probably just behind your back all this whole entire time. I've seen these magic trick videos before, you're not fooling me. <laughs> You can just imagine, like, everybody in this world trying to make up BS about, <laughs> what, he's, about what he's doing isn't actually magic. <laughs> no, no, but poor Asta here can only rely on his own personal strength, his training regimens, and his big-ass sword here. Uh, but you know who doesn't have to worry about that? You know, as he wins his scheduled magic fight in a single shot, and everyone is just so amazed by this, like... Holy shit, you know, you have the biggest of big dick energy, man. Oh, God, I just want to suck you off. What <laughs> <laughs> are just filleting of you know early in this. They really do. Like, all the captains are all like, oh, man, I really want some of that. So, and then they all, like, want to recruit him into, like, each of their respective guilds. But uh, he does end up choosing uh, the Golden Dawn, a.k.a. the Strongest Guild. 
Ah, but what do we have to choose here from, though, as far as the as far as the uh, guilds, though? Let me see if I can name all of them off. We've got the Black Bulls. Yes. The worst of the worst bunch. Mm -hmm. We've got the Emerald Praying Mantises. Yes. We've got the Coral Peacocks. Mm -hmm. We've got the Purple Orcas. Yes. The Azure Deer. The Crimson Lions. The Blue Roses. The Silver Eagles. Yeah. The Golden Dawn. That's about all that I can name off the top of my head right here. Yeah, you also got the Silver Snakes, the Green Monkeys, the Orange Iguanas, the Red Parrots. It's the a whole bunch monkeys. we probably haven't seen here. Just basically like every group here is just a team from Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah, just like all of them representing uh, different uh, colors and animals and stuff. But uh, they are our protectors here. They're the ones who are going to choose our stalwart heroes. Bring them on their journeys. They need to pick the best one who can uh, put together the uh, Shrine of the Silver Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Now, but Yuno gets picked up by the best of the best, the Golden Dawn. As for Asta, on the other hand, uh, piss off. No one wants your no match D. The captains are impressed by his physical strength, but like, nah, you can't use magic. Just that what you did before, it's not magic. We, we totally don't know. So yeah, fuck that noise. Piss off. Go cry me a river while we uh, buy a boat and float down your river of tears. <laughs> But uh, one captain does end up wanting to recruit Asta, that being Captain Yami, played here by Chris Sabat of the Black Bulls. He wants Asta because he likes his resolve and ambition. I bet also Pity played a role in this decision right here. <laughs> More than likely, but uh, I don't know. Very fitting for the uh, group known as the Black Bulls, as we will soon see. A better name for them would be the Black Sheep, as they're considered to be the lowest of the low, the bottom of the frickin' barrel when it comes to uh, magic guilds. So uh, let's meet these jabronis now, shall we? Yes. So uh, roll call, state your name and one character trait. Magna, the wannabe tough guy, played here by Ian Sinclair. Vanessa, the drunk chick, played here by Lydia Mackey. Luck, the crazy one, played here by Justin Briner. Finroll, the womanizer, played here by Brandon McInnes. Gordon, the quiet one, played here by Mike McFarland. Gauche, the sister fucker, played here by Dave Trosco. Charmy, the food girl, played here by Sarah Wiedenheff. And Gray, well, I'll save your introduction for later. So, thoughts on the Black Bulls here? Oh, man, like... <laughs> if I had known at the beginning of this that really, like, all of these, all of these characters are really all they are, <laughs> just from their one intro, I would have probably dropped the series from the beginning. <laughs> like, oh my god, you just sum it up all perfectly, like... Gauch just really likes his sister and keeps pictures around of her and around of her and really wants to see her. Gets nosebleeds over her too. Luck just wants to fight people. That is literally all he talks about. He's a little psycho because he's always smiling and being all kind of bit eccentric. Vanessa is the the, the 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 sexy one, I guess, and also a lush. And a lush. She she drinks a lot. I mean, it looks like her sweat has an alcohol content. <laughs> Gray is just this big. Imposing, quiet guy, as far as we know. Yes. Finral is just this womanizer. Mm, and a bad one at that. Yeah, he's not a very good one. Mm -hmm. Gordon, I'll admit Gordon gets a little bit of a laugh out of me because he just whispers all of his lines. Yeah, to be honest, like, if I were to pick a boy out of this group, it would probably be Gordon because he's the most inoffensive. 
Right, right. He like, does. He doesn't like annoy you or anything. Like he, he does anything. He wants to. He just wants to be your friend. Yeah, he he doesn't hurt anybody. He just kind of keeps to himself. But he, he just he just wants to hang with folks. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a nice guy. He's also, a nice guy. Also, credit to Mike McFarland for being able to like talk so quietly, but not like go super loud or anything like that to kind of break the take. Like trying to keep the same consistent tone. Like trying to talk very quietly right here. Right, right, right. And Charmy just wants to eat food. Yep. <laughs> And Magna here is just is a, is a hothead. Yeah, that's that's, that's kind of it. That's kinda, that's just kind of it. So we got fairy tale here. <laughs> yeah, basically. Like even down to having an alcoholic wo- woman and a wannabe manly man. Like, and of course they destroy their like uh, living space and, too. And their like uh, leader always like gives out to them about being like terrible and awful. Oh yeah, he gives out to them in a very similar manner to how fairy tale was introduced and as also, well. And also slaps them around too. Like you said, going through these character traits, like, everyone in this guild and pretty much in the show is a walking joke. They only have that one thing to them, and it's, like, always played off for laughs. Like, and, uh, like okay, they, yeah, but it's 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 weird, too, because they, they do try to give them character development later on. Keyword being try. They, they really try. They really try to make it stick with you, but they, but, man, the, this, this, this series is special in just how hard it tries to hammer in the very unfunny character traits <laughs> of these characters. And they keep it up throughout, like, all 52 of these first episodes. And that's when I had to realize, like, 52. <laughs> <laughs> 52 of this bullshit. Yep. Well, let's go. <laughs> We're in for the long run here. And speaking of jokes, let's uh, let's take a time here to talk, to talk about the show's humor. Me, personally, I think this is probably one of the most unfunny animes I've seen in quite some time. The humor is just so bad, and, like, it's made even worse, as for one reason or another, the show tries to cram in as many jokes as humanly possible. Like, Black Clover can't go ten seconds without some dumb comedy bit. Yeah, it it really needs to calm down in parts. It, it's, it's quite alienating when, like, it's tr- constantly trying to drill into your head its unfunny jokes. There's just so much mood whiplash with these jokes. Like, you can have, like, a serious moment, but all of a sudden, it's just like, ha-ha, wacky stuff going on. Yeah, like, it, every, and it's not very organic either. Like, it doesn't, like, it's not that kind of humor where, like, characters will bounce off each other, or, like, mm. their personalities will um, interact in a playful kind of way. Uh, almost all the humor involving the characters involves, like, the regular uh, kind of gags they're known for. Mm-hmm. Like, all of Charmy's gags involve her, like, being hungry and involving food. Right. Gouch can't, like, go, like, five minutes without, like, referencing his sister. Some some characters like um, Magna and Vanessa here are a bit better. They've got a little bit, they've got a few more defining traits that can help them bounce off of other people. Somewhat. But Luck just always wants to fight people and is just always smiling and creepily happy. <laughs> And Finral just uh, complains about how weak he is, yeah. and just about and just how he wants to like go. He's he's not as bad with like his womanizing as like maybe some other characters and some other shonens. Mm-hmm. But the other, but like the trait of him complaining about how like weak he is, yeah, really does not help. No, it doesn't. So th- this is not a good start. No, and like I would say one word that could describe uh, the humor in the show. Uh, to use a term from uh, Red Lighter Media, uh, the one word to describe it is non-medy. Coined by, a phrase coined by uh, Rich Evans in one of the Best of the Worst episodes. Uh, I have a quote right here. There are jokes that make you laugh. There are jokes that you have no reaction to. But every now and then, there's a joke that's so bad that it makes you laugh less. 
Like, a joke will happen, even though you're not already smiling to begin with. The joke happens and just slightly less smile. These are the kind of jokes that just suck the life out of you. <laughs> Very aptly put. And I just like, I think this, this fits the series to a T when it comes to the show's humor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you get 52 episodes of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we we haven't talked about all the Black Bulls, though, have we? Uh, no, we got a new uh, another recruit uh, that uh, Captain Yami brought in from the uh, the magic exam. We have a girl named Noelle Silva, played here by Jill Harris. Uh, thoughts on Noelle? I liked her steadily less as the series went on. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've they've got a good start with uh, Noelle here. You know, she's she's got a very striking look. You know, mm-hmm. like silver hair, and she's got very uh, fancy clothing to go with her new uh, black bull robes and uh, she comes from a rich family and she disappointed that rich family when she took her magic exams because she could not uh, muster up any good magic to really prove to get her way into one of the better guilds like the silver eagles where many of her much of her family is or the crimson lions where even more family of hers is yeah really a lot of like cousins around here and like a lot of (laughs) <laughs> a lot of, like, families in these, like, other upper-crust guilds here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, a bit of a good start with her character here, you know? Yeah. But <laughs> it's the way she interacts with other characters that just kills her for me. Yeah, and this is all gradual as the series goes on. But as as Noelle started out, though, I didn't think she was too bad. Yeah, like, for this start here, at this moment in time, literally the only character in the show that I legitimately liked and kind of latched on to. Well, for you, it's mostly because she's, like, shitting on Asta. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, she feels like she's too good for everything, and honestly, like, she's right. Like, she is too good for everything in this, and she just, like, buries anything and everything that happens in the show. I'm just like, she talks just like me. I like her. She's now, all- to be fair, some of the other guilds that she could have gotten into are no better off. Right, right. She kind of feels like a character who was, like, from a much better series and and just got accidentally sent to the world of Black Clover, and she knows this, so she just buries everything in sight and just wishes she can just go back to a better world than this. And also, I just love moments where, like, uh, you know, there's, like, a great moment where she tells Magna that his flying broom looks stupid, and I'm just like, yeah, that's right, I think so, too. God, you were on the same wavelength, Noelle. I, I like you. You got a lot of moxie. And also, like, uh, I, she's, like, one of the characters I find legitimately interesting, because, like, you know, like she said, she has, like, a lot of family in these different guilds that are, like, from a royal family. She's a noble, but, like, th- she doesn't know how to use magic as well as they do, and they kind of think of her as a bit of a disgrace, and they disown her, and just, she wants to get better so she can, like, show them off and say, like, no, she is better than what they think of her. That's really good. That's interesting. Sounds like in the hands of a better writer, she would have been the protagonist. Right. <laughs> it's like, you want to see Noelle get better, and you especially want to see her prove her shitty family wrong. But, uh, eh, I'll, I'll get into it later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Time for the first uh, magic quest, as a magic knight's duty is to do various jobs to earn money and honor and stuff like that. You know, just like fairy tale. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 mostly just kind of like just RPG work, where you just go out and do jobs for people, you know. You clean up some enemies there, you go defend a village there, you know, kill some boars and stuff. Right. It's simple stuff. You know, earn some money on the side, whatnot. Just, like, do some, like, little odd jobs here and there. And kind of build your rank, uh, your magic guild's rank. So, uh, what's the first job? We have Noel, Asta, and Magna have to, uh, clear out boars near a local village in order to settle Captain Yami's gambling debt. Cute joke about Yami and Magna losing everything, including their clothes in a poker game. Huh. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. Also, should mention that the uh, the village is where Magnus from because that'll become important later. 
So they go on the mission, but as soon as they find out, the village has been taken over by a group of wizards, one of which using his powers to enshroud the village in a mist. First mission in a shounen where our heroes have to fight a group of baddies that use ice and mist powers. Just like in Naruto when they fought Haku and Zabuza. Oh, yay. Except it's way less clever here. Right. So as for why these baddies are attacking the village, ah, pfft, no time to explain. This, uh, let's just, let's just fight. This will be a running theme. And you know what else will be a running theme is, uh, during this fight, we get a flashback to give some backstory. Because it's, uh, revealed during this flashback that Magna was a bit of a troublemaker growing up and always caused some trouble for the village chief, who then gave him the motivation to join the Magic Knights. Oh, and by the way, that chief, uh, he died, he died earlier. Uh, feel sad for that. <laughs> this 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 is a prevalent thing with Black Clover here. Introduce uh introduce some flashbacks just in the middle of when the action's going on. Don't talk about it. <laughs> it's like nobody in the series ever just talks about backstories. Yeah, just, like, like these flashbacks are just for the audience. Like they're not even like they're not even telling their friends or their comrades. Like this is just for us, the viewers. Just like dish it out or just like have, tell like, a story. The, yeah, tell a story. Like. Have characters bounce off each other as they're like telling it, like. But no, just get a resort to the just get a resort to the flashback. And none of the characters know about this because, like we said, they don't talk about it. This is just for the audience. Kind of nice to just divulge that so other characters can also be on the level with that character. Also, don't do it in the middle of a fight. <laughs> yeah, don't don't do it in the middle of the fight when Magna's like flinging off like fireballs with like a baseball bat. Yeah. So, long story short, they fight, Asta and company win, and all's well that ends well. And as gratitude, the village gives them a peculiarly looking stone that used to belong to the chief. And they also get a bird that latches onto Asta due to his lack of magic. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> so, so they tie up the baddies to interrogate them, but the head baddie kills himself and his comrades instead, which uh, pisses off Asta, because Asta's like, how, how dare you disregard life like that? But uh, enough of that. They leave, and Asta gives like uh, one of the local village kids a never-give-up speech about how you can too can be a strong wizard, even though if you come from a dank pit shithole town like this. Love and peace! <laughs> and all that jazz. Yes. So for completing a mission, what are guilds given as a reward? A gold star. <laughs> you too can be a good noodle. Yeah, the reward system in this show is fucking good noodle stars from SpongeBob. <laughs> this is stuff I get on my spelling test in like the first in the first grade for getting an eighty percent. <laughs> Wizard King is just like, good job there, Black Bulls. You get a gold star. And Asta, Yay! And Asta, for doing such a good job, you get first to choice of toys for playtime. All right, I get the Flintstones phone. Yeah, but dabba do. I like talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> and because the Black Bulls are shit, they have negative stars, and the best guild, the Golden Dawn, have the most. But, you know, they're just like everyone else, no matter how many stars they have. <clears throat> 100. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, to wrap up this arc, we get a riveting shopping adventure that ends with Asta helping an old lady get her stuff back from a thief, and afterwards it's revealed that uh, the old lady is actually the current wizard king in disguise. So, let me let me just, like, <laughs> roll this back real quick. This is the introduction for, like, the, the, the big lord of the land here, so to speak. Yes. The wizard king is the, the, the big dog in town. He's the big man. Mm-hmm strongest wizard around yes you know this is like the introduction of like lord death and soul leader or something very or much like, so yeah this is this is like this is supposed to be like the all might introduction for yes. uh, this series we're talking my hero terms and the way we introduce this guy is that 
He apparently walks around in public using magic to disguise himself as an old lady and just willingly decides to let himself get tricked by somebody? Yeah. To see how others will react or like... No, 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 I think his explanation was that he wanted to live among the, the masses or something. And when he's doing that, he's scamming other magic knights who are under his employ. Yeah. Out of money in gambling <laughs> games. Yes. While he's disguised as an old lady. And just... <laughs> <laughs> what does he get out of this? A good laugh? <laughs> It seems like something a sociopath might do. <laughs> no, 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 no. I will give... I, I'm going to give the series a lot of leeway here. Okay. I, will, I will admit, I would say between the two of us, I give Black Clover the most leeway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I will say, you know, our our Hokage of the series, mm -hmm. not too bad. Not not the not the worst. Not the worst, but like he's 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 okay. Could be better. Could be better. Julius Novacrono. Yes. 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 And you know what Julius his first name is. Yes. Julius here is our wizard king, and uh, one of his hobbies is <laughs> scamming his own wizard knights out of money. But uh, he's he's also uh, just got an interest in people. He's he's a people person. Yes, he is. And he takes a bit of a liking to Asta for being able to stop that thief and get, like, his uh, belongings back. So that'll play into uh, the next arc, which is this uh, dungeon-crawling arc. Because, you know, what's a fantasy world without a dungeon to explore? So, in this arc, a mysterious dungeon appears on the border of the Clover Kingdom and Diamond Kingdom. Yes, the kingdoms in this show are named after card suits. Because you have, like, Clover Kingdom, Diamond Kingdom, Spade Kingdom, Heart Kingdom. I wish there was, like, a Joker Kingdom, or, uh... A little bit to, a little bit to the north is the uh, the Joker Protectorate. <laughs> and, uh, down southeast, so to say, is the, uh, rules to play Stud Poker Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Duchy of the Old Maid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wonder if there's an Uno Kingdom. <laughs> The island of Kino. <laughs> <laughs> the coast of spoons. <laughs> the far off land of Silo. <laughs> so the Wizard King himself requests that Asta be the one to explore the dungeon as I guess uh, that, that was a bit of a test earlier with the thief and whatnot. So on this exploration, Asta is joined by Noel, of course, and crazy boy Luck, as the bird from before is uh, joining along with them, which they uh, name Nero, which uh, by the way, I gotta get this out of the way. <clears throat> Brother Nero. I knew you'd come. <laughs> just had to do just, it. Just had to get that in there. Had to do it. And I guess uh, that this bird here is kind of the de facto mascot of Black Clover, wouldn't you say? Uh, a little bit. Like he's, he's very much... <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to make a mascot out of like a grumpy little bird that just follows your main character around. Yeah, it's just... Attracted to Nomadge. Nomadges. Yeah. Like very, very much the pet of the show. Yeah, kind of, but I will say, hard to make a plush out of. Yeah, so grumpy looking, like, not cute at all. I know, right? Like, what what happened to this poor bird's life to make him grumpy? I have to follow around people with no magic. God, can I just follow someone cool for once? <laughs> He's the audience surrogate. <laughs> That's my face when I make when I watch the show. <laughs> you are Nero. <laughs> yes, I am, Brother Nero. <laughs> So they get to the dungeon and they explore it, and it's full of uh, wild and crazy traps everywhere. So like, we joke about Legends of the Hidden Temple earlier. This is basically like a temple from the from the game show. Yeah, yeah, really, really trying to plug into the uh, current uh, fantasy trend in anime with uh, this little arc here. And uh, during this, they find out that they're not the only group sent to explore this dungeon, as they run into Yuno and his teammates Klaus, played here by Aaron Roberts, and Mimosa, played here by Bryn April. Whoop whoop. 
who just so happens to be Noelle's cousin. Mmm, <laughs> I could go for one of those right now. <laughs> it would it would dull the pain away. <laughs> so with these two group, different groups getting together, it's time for another one of my pet peeves about this show. So in an attempt to do uh, one of their great comedy bits, one of the ways the series does this is they just have characters bicker constantly. Like when these teams meet up, you have Klaus accusing Asta for lying about getting a gold star and being chosen by the Wizard King to do this mission. You have Noelle being annoyed that her cousin is here. You have Asta ignoring Klaus and trying to like talk to Yuno and Yuno telling him to piss off. Just all this, just talking and talking and talking and no one shuts up. It's a cacophony of nonsense. And it's just all punctuated by like that little background music that plays during all the comedy bits like the little do 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 wacky music here is a funny bit yeah and that's that's what's sad too because like it it could have maybe worked if the series were in the hands of a better writer yeah if this if if it were in the hands of a better writer like you could actually maybe get some good back and forths here yeah you could Maybe you could, uh, b- maybe you could bounce, like, uh, jokes off of, like, others' personalities and stuff. You could get a little clever here, but no, it's just, all of their personalities are just, like, they're not bouncing off of each other, they're grating against each other. Yeah, exactly. It's, it doesn't create for anything organic, it just creates friction in your brain yeah. as you're listening to it. And apparently the folks behind the series just thinks this is just so funny that this happens, like, a lot throughout the rest of the series, and not just, with, like, these two groups, like, with pretty much anybody in like any of the arcs coming up here oh yeah the writer thinks it's like the funniest thing in the world oh it's like oh man look at these numpties argue isn't isn't this just so hilarious come on isn't this funny why aren't you laughing fucking laugh damn it (laughs) (laughs) there you go (laughs) so their dungeon crawling is uh soon interrupted as wizards from the rivaling diamond kingdom attack see they hate the clover kingdom because i I, no no time to explain let's just fight so, uh, Diamond Dogs here are led by a uh, Smoke Guy and a uh, Crystal Guy. I don't bother to learn their names. <laughs> They're particularly confusing in the series. Like, they, they, they did not... The writer for the series did not choose the easiest ones to remember at times. Also, like, I notice this a lot. Like, they only really say names once, and they just expect you to, to remember them. They don't, like, bring them up again. Yeah, so it, it, it doesn't create for a whole lot of familiarity with some people that they introduce. You're expected to, like, look at the wiki any anytime you're trying to find, like, a new character. Like, hold on, who's this character? Let me look it up. Uh, duh, 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 duh. Okay, yeah, this is the guy. Before this podcast alone, I had to look up characters' <laughs> exactly. names. Because that is how little of an impact they had in me. I have watched the episodes. I have watched these characters. I watched I'm the-, the one between us who gives them a chance, and I can't remember their names at times. I watched every single 52 weeks of this show on Toonami. For like an, an entire year, and I don't remember most of the names. So Crazy Boy fights Smokey while Crystal Dude takes out Mimosa. Uh, Crazy Boy gets even more crazy, but uh, ah, now it's time to break the flow of the fight, and it's time for some backstory. Crazy Boy's backstory, to be exact. As you see, when he was a little kid, everyone thought he was weird because he always kept smiling, and even his own mother abused him for it. Then one day, he discovered his lightning magic powers and defeated a noble. This made his mom love him so much, and it motivated him to keep fighting because that'll make him that'll make his mom love him. Right, so Luck is a bit of a, um, psychopath. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't really recontextualize him to Mm -hmm. me. Like, I don't feel too sad for him. Like, yeah, it's bad that, like, that happened to him. Like, it's pretty awful. Yeah. It's supposed to shed a tear out of me, but... (laughs) He doesn't really tell this to anybody. No, this is all in his head. Yeah, it's all in his head. Like, 
Nobody else in the show knows this. Probably do- probably won't ever know. Probably won't ever, so what am I supposed to feel here? <laughs> also should mention that uh, in his flashback, he talks about how his mom died and that he kept smiling through her funeral and everyone thought he was a freakazoid, and rightfully so. <laughs> well, yeah, if, if you're smiling through your mother's funeral, eh, maybe there's not a good reason for it. <laughs> Look, the only the only appropriate maybe you need help, kid. Maybe you need to see a therapist. You know, unless someone told you like a really funny joke before like the funeral procession started, then like there's no reason to like actually crack a smile at a funeral, dude. I think we watched this episode together, like when it showed uh, Lux's backstory, and like when we saw that flashback, like uh, and him look, just like looking so pathetic, and everyone shunning him, we actually laughed at him. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. <laughs> I don't doubt that. <laughs> So back to present time, Asta tells him that he doesn't need his mom and that he's got him and the rest of the Black Bulls because, you know, friendship is magic, motherfucker. By the way, the title of this episode just so happens to be called Friends. <laughs> yeah, real real, real clever, like, real clever title card there. For a shonen! For a shonen! Dan. It prides itself on friendship! Dan, 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 dan. <laughs> Like, I don't mind friendship being, a, like, a huge theme. Like, it's shonen. Like, it's it's very common, especially in the ones I love. But, like, I just don't like it when it's so ham-fisted like this. Like, it's just so bungled and, like, we're friends, right? Come on, friendship, am I right? Oh, yeah, and Black Clover doesn't try for, like, anything really greater than that. Yeah, just like many other shonen, like, friendship, it's the, it's the, it's the highest honor here. It's the highest standard to hold yourself to. It's the bee's knees, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Just generally... You know, just being friends and doing good in the world, you know? It's a very, like, golden rule, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, it's not really anything too unique. Mm-hmm. So, they send Smokey, the mage, packing, and set their sights on the Crystal Guy. Oh, boy, this part. So, uh, Crystal Guy here uses his power to give himself horrible CGI giant armor. Holy shit, did this look really bad yeah it's this series really doesn't know how to handle cgi like this looks like something out of like sonic 06 oh god it looks really ugly and just and it clashes with everything else so much it just feels so out of place like the, like the actual art style of the show is already nothing really special no to look nothing at. to scream at no, no, but, like, it's, it's it's such a big, fat, like, purple sore thumb. <laughs> Just the way it sticks out when it comes on screen. Yeah. It's laughable. It's, it is. It's, it's cute. It's cute. Though I remember when I first saw this, I was kind of more flabbergasted, and then it turned into laughter. Like, I was just, oh my god, am I actually watching this? <laughs> this is real, right? Like, I'm not going crazy. I know it's late at night, and I'm probably really tired, but... Please tell me I'm not losing it. You're like, somebody invested 52 episodes into this idea and kept going forward when yeah. I saw this. <laughs> well, this should have been the stopping point for me. I don't know why I kept going. <laughs> because we had a duty. We had a duty. We got a job to do. So while Asta fights this really bad PlayStation 1 looking monster, uh, his clothes get shredded and it's revealed that this kid is jacked. Like, Holy shit, banging out the roids here. I mean, he did all that training at the beginning of the series. Yeah, but it's it's, it's kind of like a bit of a Ned Flanders uh, groundskeeper Willy logic, you know, where, like, you wear a shirt and it kind of covers up your muscles, but as soon as you take off your shirt, you're, like, so pumped and jacked up. <laughs> Grease <laughs> me up, woman! As soon as it comes off. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Q and Noel blushing like a horny schoolgirl. This will be a theme. Oh, that's only the beginning. It's only the beginning. So, Crystal Dude fights back and injures Noel and sends Asta flying through a wall. But, uh, ah, good thing here is, in going through this wall, finds a new sword hidden behind the wall. 
So he uses this new sword to defend Noel and Mimosa, and he uses it to absorb some of Noel's uh, water magic, so he gets like a water-powered claymore here. Right, right. So he's got like a cool sword that can kind of channel other people's magic into it. And then he sends uh, the dude flying, but uh, in the process, he is stabbed in the stomach. So uh, things are getting somewhat intense, uh, wouldn't you think? That, never mind that. Here comes another flashback. This time, Crystal Guy's backstory. Yay! So basically, he knew a girl when he was young. They both wanted to see the world. They were forced to fight to the death, and he killed her. Then he took her grimoire and stitched it to his so he can use her magic. And question, why should I care? Uh... Like, why are, you trying, why are you trying to give me sympathy for this villain that's, like, trying to kill our heroes here? Yeah, it's it's not a whole lot to offer in, initially. But uh, back to the fight, everyone is down for the count. How will our heroes get out of this one? Well, you see, earlier, Yuno found a mysterious scroll and activates it to stop time in its place, and out pops a tiny little fairy. So the fairy unleashes a giant gust of wind magic and finally defeats the crystal baddie. So uh, the dungeon begins to collapse and everything, and everyone escapes, including the two goons. And uh, the Diamond Kingdom goons manage to escape with a bunch of treasure, because I guess that's why the reason they were here for. And uh, Crystal Dude remembers that remembers the girl from the flashback telling him to go see the world, and I guess this counts as character development? I guess. <laughs> it's just a decision he kind of came to in his head? Yeah, like, he doesn't tell anyone, like we say about all these flashbacks, but just... Good for him? What did Asta teach him? <laughs> Do we learn anything? <laughs> this arc wraps up in a neat little package, and Noelle slaps Asta because her clothes got ripped during the fight too, and she's embarrassed, so... Uh, uh, uh. Oh, this this is where I really started to not like Noelle. <laughs> oh god, like, at, I remember... At, as, as soon as I saw that action, I'm like, Oh no, we're going down this road. I remember when I first saw this, I'm just like, No... No, God, no, please. You are not going to do that to Noel. You're not doing this to best girl. Why? Please, just please, no. There's still time to escape. You can still... No, don't act, make her act all embarrassed. Don't. Do, don't have her slap Asta. Don't do this. Don't be a Sundere. No, 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 no. Sundere. Oh, God. I, did, I, I never knew how much I hated this trope until it occurred to Noel. Oh, God. Because sure enough, after this... Noel falls into the Cinderay trap. Oh boy. So often that becomes her gag mm -hmm. whenever she is around Asta. I actively root for moments from this point on where she is not around Asta because whenever she is, it means inevitably we're gonna have her we're gonna have her think in her head, it's not like I like him or anything. <laughs> it's not like I have a crush or anything. Oh, God, it's, no. It's so painful. <laughs> it is. And that all starts in the next arc. But before we get into that, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with the rest of Black Clover Season 1. So oh, we've got so much more for you folks. Don't you go nowhere.
Everybody shut up. Season one is the most disappointing thing since my son. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> back to disappointment. Back to sadness. I feel like this next arc we're getting to, it's like, remember the Super Best Friends playthrough of Omicron and how like early on they were like very like hype saying like, oh, this jank David Cage game, it's so fun, so bad. And then like about halfway through it, they just started to get really sad and depressed and they were just like fucking end this wooly saying like I'm gonna kill myself and everyone else I'm gonna kill myself and everyone else I, I feel think... like the pain they felt during the latter half of Omicron is how I felt coming into the rest of uh, Black Clover season one starting with this arc here well I think it's I think as I progressed throughout the series I think I tried to um, understand it a little bit more because uh, I don't think it's entirely because the series is like pushed too far. I think part of it, I think, I think a big part of it is that it's it's a clear answer. Like there's people that actually like the series, they buy into it, they read it, they genuinely like it. And more power to them. Yeah, exactly. And, and like I understand like many of the reasons why you know they might be into the humor. They might be able to tolerate the humor. <laughs> yeah, I should say that's a better way to put it. <laughs> they might be able to tolerate the humor. Black Clover, I admit, does things simple, but there, there, there can be some leeway with like uh, simple stuff. Like, I, I will say, one of the big things the series touts is the the idea of m misfits. Mm -hmm. There's, there's, I think there's no more powerful a narrative in a shonen than being a misfit. Right. And I think, and I think to a certain degree, the series handles it decently enough. Decently enough. <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 all right. It's 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 about fifty fifty <laughs> uh, on like a scale of on like a goodness scale. There is there like a. I think I think it's, I think for some it's like good enough out there. You know. Would you say there's like a grading curve? There, there's a. It's, you gotta grade the series on a bell curve. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I think. What it, what it comes to when it comes to Black Clover, you really gotta grade it on a bell curve. So on to this arc, this uh, zombie apocalypse arc is what I call it. Well, sort of. Yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah. For uh, successfully exploring the dungeon, Asta, Noel, Yino, and his group are invited to a banquet at the capital held by the Wizard King. And Food Girl Charmy sneaks on into the banquet too, because why not? We gotta get one of the members of the Black Bulls into one of these arcs somehow. Right, why not? So during this time, the two groups converge and we get more comedic bickering, but uh, Mimosa's looking quite nervous, especially around Asta. Noelle asks her what's up, and it turns out that since the dungeon exploration, Mimosa has developed a crush on Asta. Maybe that's why her name's Mimosa, because she's drunk all the time. I mean, you have to be in order to be remotely interested in this idiot. I, I, I almost, like, gagged when you said that. <laughs> I almost gagged when you reminded me that, that, that something out there <laughs> of the opposite sex had <laughs> any kind of attraction for Asta. <laughs> Like I was, ugh, yeah. ugh. 
This is the dude that gets slapped around by a nun for hitting on her so much, and someone finds that attractive. <laughs> hey, something. Uh, maybe maybe it's just the way that he swings around that giant sword of his. You want you that Nomad D? <laughs> right. Ain't no D like Nomad D. That's kind of the that's the D that's very rare, you know. That's the kind of like, oh man, don't get enough of that. I wanna, I want a bit of that right there. I don't know. Esta, Esta's got the muscles, you know. He swings a pretty good sword around. Like I could see how somebody could be attracted to that. Oh, so it's just looks for you now. <laughs> Why not personality? Isn't that part of a uh, part of the package deal? You know, like looks are fine and stuff, but come on, don't fucking like get up on me. Get up on Mimosa over here. <laughs> <laughs> come on, lady. What are you? Why are you so into this guy? Right. <laughs> and it and it begins because. This is where Noelle really starts to make that transformation from decent character into atypical Sundere archetype here. And just like she's trying to be y'all, try to keep a straight face here, but she's all like, nah, I'm I'm not jealous or anything. It's not like I like the dude or anything, but babaka. <sighs> <laughs> That's all we can say at this point, just <sighs> At least about no- at least about Noel here, because there's yeah. plenty more. There's plenty more else to complain about. So anyway, uh, Asta and you know meet up with the Wizard King in person, and of course Asta acts like a stupid mark in front of him. Uh, but the, the the Wizard King is a bit of a mark himself, though. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of a dweeb. He's very nerdy about magic that he's never seen before. Mm-hmm. It's 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 ever so slightly endearing. Maybe it's only because we don't see the Wizard King enough, and because he can actually get serious at times. But like, I don't know. With with him, it's. It's a it's a little more endearing. It's a little more endearing to me. How much you want to bet that the Wizard King is actually like their dad? Oh God, no! <laughs> Please, no. Just actually, well, g- given of what I know of events that happen later in the series, I'm gonna give that a very hard no. Okay. But <laughs> it's <laughs> oh man, to be something to revisit. So the Wizard King looks at their abilities and gives a never give up hustle, loyalty, respect speech about how they too can be the Wizard King in the future. But uh, anyway, enough of that. Time for the banquet, which doubles as a ceremony for the Magic Knight Captains. And uh, there's a bit of a sky here as uh, these Magic Knight Captains seem to be too good for Asta and uh, his bunch. And they're like looking down and talking all kinds of shit about them. In particular, Noelle's family, who happens to be there as they just start to shit all over her. Yes, her family of the Silver Eagles. The the most elitist like pricks in just about all of Black Clover. Like, they just, like, all that's missing is them to, like, talk like the uh, the millionaire from uh, Gilligan's Island, just being like, oh, look at this this peasant over here, just, like, making a complete fool of himself. Just, oh, why did the Wizard King have to, like, race our present with this little ruffian right over here? It's a crappy little banquet, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a few trays out here and there, like, tables kind of sparsed all out. Can, like, uh, you know, splurge for, like, some fondue or, like, a chocolate fountain. So yeah, they all shit on uh, Noelle, and Asa's all like, hey, that's not cool, that's my friend you're talking about. By the way, I'm gonna be the Wizard King, I just I just, I just, just need to get that out there, but, uh, you know, stop shit-talking my friend here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's impulse, just gonna say it, like, I'm gonna be the Wizard King! <laughs> you think he introduces himself to others, like, saying, like, hey, my name is Asta, I'm from Hajj Village, I'm gonna be the Wizard King? Oh, sorry, just a nervous tick there. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just like something that just kind of pops out every now and then, just like... Excuse me, which way to the bathroom, by the way, I'm the Wizard King, in the future? Oh my god, this drink's amazing. I'm gonna be the Wizard King! Sorry, sorry, I, I've I've got problems. <laughs> Goes to sleep and like, I'm gonna be the Wizard King. I'm gonna be the Wizard King. You know you're my rival. Stubs his toe, he's like, I'm the Wizard King! <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, these two, uh, they all tussle, but they're interrupted by Magic Knight Captain Fuegoleon, played here by J. Michael Tatum. Also, he uses fire magic, and he has Fuego in his name. Fuck's sake. <laughs> can't, get, can't get really any more obvious than that. No, so from the rest of this, I'm just going to call him Fuego. Yes. fiery The fiery captain of the Crimson Lions. Also with him is his brother, Leopold. Leopold! Leopold! Played here by Austin Tyndall, who declares himself Asta's rival because he was just so impressed at how he stood up to Noel's family. Because, you know, like, uh, that's that's how rivals work, right? You just gotta be like, hey, I like you. You're my rival now. Hey, you hate rich people, too. <laughs> We're gonna be buds. We're gonna fight with each other. Yeah, but you see, Asta's already spoken for when it comes to rivals. I don't I don't think Yuno would accept uh, another rival in his life. Just, like, he comes home and he's just like, Asta, is there something you mean to tell me? Are you fooling around with another rival? No, 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 no. It, it, it's not like what you think, you know? He's just, he's just someone on the side. Like, you'll always be my number one rival. I, I can't even look at you anymore, Asta. You just... How many, how many more rivals do you have? <laughs> 37? Th 37. You have 37 rivals. My friend here has 37 rivals in a row. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. But, uh, yeah, that's not... Yet again, we need to introduce another rival. <laughs> it's like that one season of Pokemon where, like, Ash had, like, five different rivals. Oh, God, I hope it doesn't get as bad as that. No. But, uh, hey, all of a sudden, this uh, whole thing gets interrupted. By zombies! Freaking zombies! Yes, it's the Walking Dead, come to the Clover Kingdom. So, all this is caused by a guy named Radies, played here by Brian Massey, who uses his magic to summon fucking zombies to attack the capital. Uh, no reason, of course, is given at this moment why he does that. It's just, uh, we wouldn't want to take away from the Zambambos here. No rhyme, no reason, let's just send out these zombies and go take care of them. Yeah, it goes right from, like, just banquets and, like, just, like, you know, chilling around in the capital to just zombies. All of a sudden, the T-Virus activates and suddenly the city became Raccoon City. Yeah, not, not much of a flow to it. Like, you'd think with, like, zombies, you'd want to set, like, the tone or something first. Yeah. But no, they're just pulling the zombie card just right out, like, here, out of nowhere. And this is, like, one of my big problems with the series is, like... Most of these conflicts have no build-up to them. They're just like, this is pretty much every arc. Just something happens out of nowhere. Austin and his friends have to go take care of the problem. And we're not really given much of a reason to this until pretty much later in the end. Because, like, who cares about the why and the how? Just cut to the chase and get to the action. And the action in the show isn't even that great to begin with. Yeah, like, you can really see the way the strings work with each of these arcs the, the longer you watch it. How can I care about everything if you don't give me a reason? Like, like, and like I said, they'll they'll give you a reason, but it's like by that point, nothing matters. It's like the arc is already done and dusted. Right. It's like I figured out this magic trick already. Like, it's not going to impress me if you keep doing it each arc. It's like they expect you to like go back and watch it and go like, ah, I see what they're gonna do there. But like, you don't find anything clever really going back in Black Clover. Also, who rewatches Shonen? You just keep going forward. You don't look back. <laughs> uh, good point. Good point. Also, it just feels like uh, the writer, Tabata, he just goes into an arc with, like, it seems like he goes into arcs without a plan. Like, he'll start writing a conflict and just come up with a reason behind it later. Like, ah, no one cares about the story or anything, they just want to see big dumb action. It's like the Michael Bay school of thought. Why write interesting characters and plot when you can just blow shit up? Yeah, he, he's got small little things that he uses to keep the plot going forward, I guess. But uh, that's, that's coming up in a bit, though. That's coming up a little bit later. Yeah, and I just feel like this is the arc where, like, these issues start to become more apparent, at least with me anyway, and it just, and it starts to really grade on me. God, at least with, like, Fairy Tale, I, like, didn't catch on to this stuff until, like, halfway through the series. No, with Fairy Tale, I caught on to it pretty early, but I still kind of like it. Just mostly out of spite, because I know you hate it. 
Like I like you're, and that's why I hold on to you as a friend. <laughs> like you're easy on Black Clover, and I'm easy on Fairy Tale. Like so, we kind of two sides of the same coin here. Oh, you're my rival. You're my rival. Uh, that's the, that's how we met. Like I I saw you in high school, and I'm just like, hey, we're rivals now. <laughs> And I'm going to be the Wizard King. <laughs> and I was just like, hey, I don't have a rival or anything. Like, I've always wanted one of those. Like, yeah, like I've the, got a rival. I like the cut of this guy's jib. Let's fight forever. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone fights the zombies, including the Magic Knight captains, who, like every single character in the series, are all just walking jokes. Like, you get, like, this one big dude who's, like, more of a food guy than Charmy is, or you get, like, these two, like, best friends where one of them is, like, too personal with, like, her captain while, like, the captain's trying to keep things more professional. Like, don't call me Char, call me by captain, and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So it's, like, you're kind of getting a hold of what each of these characters are going to be like. Why take anything seriously? Yeah, like, it's, it's, everything is just, like, surface level. Just, like, you know, just, just be wacky, you know, have some fun or something. Yeah, you know, just write clever jokes. No, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, 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 no time for that. Oh no, because we got more zombies to take down. We got cool magic to unleash. Cool magic where people are mostly just standing around firing <laughs> up spells from their books. But before we get to that, you know, I was talking about wacky stuff. Uh, how about a subplot involving Food Girl running into some overly hyped chef who wants to make her all the food he can possibly can because, hey, we need more funny. Waka waka, how you doing? Oh my god, do you like Charmy? Do you like her food antics? Do you like how much she just really is a glutton? <laughs> then you're going to get a lot of her in this one arc. <laughs> God, it's like the later seasons of The Simpsons where Homer is just a food monster. Right, and like, sure enough, Charmy, she's just like Homer, just devouring everything in sight. I want to see an episode, okay, I kind of want to see an episode where like Charmy gets like super fat and has to wear like a muumu, but then have to save the town from a nuclear explosion. <laughs> no, no, don't you know? She, she She's the designated chippy f- character for the series, meaning she has to be in her chippy form for about 80% of this, <laughs> this whole show. Yeah, that's like a weird thing. Like, it works for manga because, like, it can be seen as a stylistic thing. And plus, like, you know, pages are a certain size and it kind of works. But this is an animated cartoon here. Well, I hate hate an anime when, like, they they just, like, flip-flop between, like, the two forms and stuff. Like, okay, maybe it can be a little humorous and, like, uh, you know, Black Butler or something. Mm -hmm. But in either anime, I think there's, like, some one about, like, angels or some shit. And, like, some pervy boy who, like, owns them or something. (laughs) And, like, he's in his, like, chibi form for, like, 80% of that, and it's like, I saw that, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm not even gonna touch this. <laughs> well, to be fair, actually, no, it was when I saw, like, the big-tittied aliens that I knew I wasn't gonna touch this. <laughs> but that guy, that guy, the way he looked for most of it was just, like, the deal-breaker. And, uh, it's, it's the deal-breaker with Charmy. <laughs> because they, because, again, they really think her food antics are that funny. Oh, you know what else is funny? Uh, imitating memes from two to three years ago, because, like, do you remember this when, like, the chef is, like, making her food? He does, like, the, you know, the salt sp- sprinkling meme? Oh, like, yeah! He does yeah. that. <laughs> the fucking chef does that. They animated that. I'm just like, that's a two-year-old meme! Why are you doing this? <laughs> In fucking 2018! It's, it's really jarring when you see it. Like, it just reminds you, like, wow, that much time has passed? Only, you look at your watch, two years? <laughs> yeah, what, what could only be worse is, like, if you, like, say, My Hero Academia, you have someone just, like, start dabbing. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't expect Horikoshi to do that. He won't stoop that low. No, no, he, he, he's got, he's got standards. <laughs> So, like, you know, with all this whole funny, wacky stuff with Charmy, uh, need I remind you that as all this is happening, there's a zombie fucking apocalypse happening right outside! Yeah, just the whole world's going to shit and Charmy's just like... The city's on fire! 
And she's just like, yum, 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 yum. You're being like freaking Cookie Monster over here. <laughs> so back to the zombies as the knights try to fight them off and defend the capital, but uh, they're lured into a trap and they teleport them outside the city. So they're kind of, they're going to be MIA for the rest of the arc. But uh, Asta is still fighting up the zombies alone as the show makes Noelle even more useless as she comes face to face with a zombie and she just stands there, mouth agape, shocked, and this is pretty much the rest of the, rest of the arc. They just did Noelle so dirty with this show, and it'd only get worse from here. Well, uh, well, it's like, she, she, okay, she's not too good with her magic and stuff, and she's not too, like, cocksure of herself, not very sure of her abilities. But this could be the moment where you, like, try to, like, build up to that more, but no, she's just kind of standing there like deer in the headlights. She just has to be talked down by another captain to, like, really, like, yeah. get her going. Yeah, like, Fuego just comes in and kind of slaps her around a bit and saying, like, hey, get it together. I don't know, he had one decent line, that one decent line where he's all like, it's okay to be weak, Yeah, but it's another thing entirely if you stay weak. Right, that's actually a good line there. Right, right. You get one point, Black Clover. <laughs> that's one point for you. you get, that's one star for you. One gold star. <laughs> one gold star. <laughs> Only, uh... You're, you're now at negative 49. Yes. <laughs> you're on your way up. <laughs> so, yeah, Fuego arrives and takes on uh, Radies, and then Radies uh, spouts some crap about uh, being banished from his magic guild, and this is all revenge, but, uh, you know, could have used that earlier. Yeah, maybe could have used a little setup beforehand, some context. Yeah, but no, gotta jump right into it. Balls to the wall, no time to wait. And, uh, oh my god, I hate this part coming up here. Meanwhile, while this is going on, uh, we see a witch in the sky observing everything, and she hints that this is only the beginning. And this ends in episode, so you would think, like, oh man, is this witch, like, a bigger player in this whole plan? Is she, like, a puppet master or something like that? Oh man, is she gonna be, like, really important? <laughs> nope all this witch does is she pulls a mother gothel from tangled and sucks all the magic from the people in town to make herself younger this leads to her having a fight with yuno which he stops her plan and uses the wind fairy from earlier to drain the mana from that she stole and turns her into the old woman she really is god do you remember this great setup and payoff there black clover <laughs> it made made even worse is that the fight goes directly to Charmy, to Food Girl here, and the witch tries to attack her to steal her mana, but Charmy thinks like, oh no, she's trying to get my food. Then really weird thing happens where like, you know, we talk about her being chibi, then like out of nowhere she like, puff of smoke and she turns into like, a full-sized average girl and then defeats her no problem. No, 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 not a, not a, not a poof of smoke, like, the animation actually shifts her <laughs> into this, into her like, normal, like, little woman form. Another pet peeve I have <laughs> with some shows. <laughs> and then she just lays the beat down with, with her uh, cotton magic. Yeah, for uh, sheep cooks. Should be wool magic. Yeah. Wool, wool, comes from sh wool comes from sheep. Also, uh, you know, helps too, and now uh, Food Girl has a crush on him because, of course, she does. Right, right. He's he's just he just holds her food her food for him, and then she's all like, "Oh, my prince!" And like I think he used up too much magic, so he faints. And, and then she like cuddles up in his arms, and she just kind of like coddles with his body as yeah. she's eating, like kind of like one step away from sexual assault. Here. <laughs> God, the series got weird. <laughs> so that was Charmy's place in the story. What was the point of this? <laughs> This took up, like, two episodes, and for what? A dumb gag about Food Girl falling in love with Yuno? To set up the running gag that Charmy has a crush on Yuno. Because uh, we need more of those. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it's one thing for Asta to have a running gag of someone having a crush on him, but nah, Yuno needs to get in on this action. 
Oh yeah, of course, of course. Got to get like pretty quiet boy in, the, in on that action. Mr. Personality. <laughs> so back to the zombies as Fuego is taken out and gets his arm ripped off in a kind of a pretty gruesome scene from what I remember. But uh, apparently another reason for this attack is like uh, the whole reason that this whole thing is going on is because uh, they want to assassinate him. Like he's a big target for the group Radies is a part of. Then Radies' allies show up and here we are introduced to the main villain group of Black Clover. The Eye of the Midnight Sun, a.k.a. Gluten-Free Akatsuki. <laughs> Eye of the Midnight Sun. So, thoughts on these guys? A little edgy too much. <laughs> Out with the edge. <laughs> oh, if you want to talk edge, just wait until later. <laughs> oh, God. So they try to flee, but uh, Asta follows them to their hideout, but uh, the Wizard King arrives to stop them for now and takes Asta back. There's also a clash between uh, the Wizard King and their leader, as well as a bit involving a tablet where special stones are supposed to go. You know, stones similar to the one Asta got in the previous arc. I don't care. <laughs> All's well that ends well, though the city's been fucking destroyed. Eh, just... This arc sucked. <laughs> yeah. Plain, plain and simple, this arc was terrible. Yeah, played the zombie card too early. They blew have... their load, is what Yeah, they it blew their load. Like, sure, they introduced their main villains for the series, but... <laughs> oh god, we'll get into them. Could could it not have been better? Mm. Like these are your these are your top heels in your show. Like, where's your build up? Where's anything? Like, I feel the only build up they got is like earlier on where they kind of foreshadowed that the leader after the whole Magic Knight exams they kind of hinted at him a bit. Right, right. But like, uh, nah, just save it for later. We'll shoot first, ask questions later. And even within the capital too. Like, think about that. Like, that's it's like the main stronghold of your characters too. Right. And it's like, why why play that card immediately within here? Like, the only maybe reason I could think is maybe, like, okay, maybe they want to instill the sense that, like, nobody's safe. Like, the villains, like, attacked so openly and brazenly mm -hmm. right out in the middle of the open of, you know, like, our strong, main stronghold here. But <laughs> it's it's it doesn't come across as, like really impactful or anything and honestly, like, it, it doesn't re it doesn't result in anything like too big afterwards either you'd think like like so what is the equivalent of a terrorist attack here right would lead to you know maybe greater security or like greater measures being taken here you know but like it, it's it doesn't res it doesn't really result in any big changes in the city like no. everybody's still kind of happy and going all around and being all like living their lives normally and like still having wacky adventures yeah they just go about their everyday lives after what should have been serious but in all honesty it was just kind of a boring arc at all it's like all should we be fucking scared right now that yeah. they were able to attack us so openly yeah like this new group of villains like this mysterious eye of the midnight sun like these guys seem like a big deal Shouldn't we be taking this seriously? They turned a good portion of the populace into zombies. Yeah. Should we be freaking out right now? That no, just it's fine. Nah, Wizard King will take care of it over he here. He can do everything. God, I love you, Wizard King. I know, and he play and he plays a pretty good role here too, like helping to like clean up the Midnight Eye as well. You ever see Naked Gun where like uh, explosions are happening in the background and Leslie Nielsen in like the foreground is going like nothing to see here, folks. Everything is under the control. Well, shit's going to hell behind him. <laughs> <laughs> like I think of that when I think of the Wizard King in this arc. Julius is just like nothing here, folks. Just a terrorist attack going yeah. on. Everything's Move along. Fine. Go about your everyday lives. Move along. <laughs> Move along. <laughs> v very next arc begins off a little bit with um, 
Finroll, the uh, local, the womanizer of the Black Bulls, wanting to uh, go to a mixer where like they can meet women and stuff, and like you know make some friends, make some connections and stuff, meet some ladies. Yes, but he needs uh, he needs he needs uh, a plus two, so he chooses <laughs> Asta and Luck. Asta and Luck, because I mean, who else are you gonna take? <laughs> come well, on. He, well, he he knocked he like you know crosses everybody out and mm. stuff. So I mean, come on, you could like invite Gordon. I'm sure he's got some uh, fun stories to tell. Vanessa's a party girl. She could get the party going. Uh, nah, nah, nah. No girls allowed. This is boy town, right? <laughs> <laughs> also, that uh, like all that really comes out of this episode is that Noelle just turns even more into like a lovesick Cinderella for Asta as she just keeps spying on them as they go through their night. She she dresses up as a waitress at the restaurant they go to mm-hmm. to try and spy on them. Yes. Oh boy. And wouldn't you know it, uh, one of the women from that mixer uh, actually falls in love with Asta. What do people see in him? <laughs> no, I remember her reason. It's because it's because he 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 has little um, uh, brother and sister figures. She's got uh, little brothers and a sister and stuff, you know, that she t- takes care of. They both take care of their uh, respective uh, little sibling figures. So they, they, she's got a bit of a connection with them there. Also, how old is she? She looks to be, like, almost, like, 23. Yeah, because, like, Asta's supposed to be 15 at this point. Yeah, and she, like, I think I distinctly recall she uh, owns her, um, she, like, cooks as well, too. I mean, she works in a restaurant. Yeah, she has a job, so she would probably be, like, in her early to mid-20s. Yeah, something like that. Well, she also, like, clarifies that her parents aren't around anymore, too, so she's got to take care of it, take care of everybody. So, for the record here, so we have first Mimosa, then Noelle, now this lady, like... And also, I'm pretty sure uh, the crazy scientist woman from uh, the Midnight Sun seems to be kind of creepily into Asta too. All these women are into him. It's like it's like Kirito from Sao all over again. Yeah, okay, no, no, I won't go that far. I will not go that far to say he's like Kirito. It's getting dangerously close. <laughs> Asta, I will say this much about Asta at least: he is um, ten times more likable than Kirito. <laughs> mm-hmm. Would you say five times or three times? Uh, I'll I'll do I'll do a little four times. <laughs> okay, it's a good compromise. Okay, good, that's a good compromise. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, back to the arc. As uh, this one's all about Gosh, the sister fucker. I uh, see he's really close to his sister Marie, and he cares about her way too much. Like anytime he thinks anytime he thinks about her, he just gets a nosebleed and keeps like pictures of her in his wallet. Oh yeah, we had to focus on this guy for the next arc. And I should mention his sister. She is. Ten years old! It's, it's, uh, this series really, uh, straddles the line here. Yeah, just, what do you think of this dude here? He, uh, they, uh, they had an opportunity with this guy. <laughs> they had an opportunity to maybe have him start out like this, maybe. Honestly, I think they should have just toned it back to where he's just, like, overprotective of a sister or something. Yeah. Where he's just protective, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, he just, maybe, like, maybe he has, like, some good interactions with her or something where he's just, like, playing around with her or something. Like, you know, maybe, like, swinging her around on his arms or something. Just, like, showing he's got a good relationship with her. Right. This guy, he he feels downright, like, possessive and stuff. Yeah. Like, she's, like, she's not actual family. Like, she's just, like, an object to right. him. Because he, he just preens over, Gauch here, he just preens over his sister. You know, he, he barely takes into account, like, what she 
actively likes and stuff. And of course, she's a 10-year-old girl, so she's just like, no, brother, I love you. Like, I like all the stuff you do for me. You know, very innocent and stuff. Yeah. But he, he doesn't he doesn't seem to care too much about her actual feelings. No, he just gets, he just gets creepy. <laughs> like, whenever like whenever she asks him to do something, like, he's, he's, he's always, like, bl- he's blinded. Like, he's just like, no, I gotta do this for you, honey. I gotta do this for you. You're my little angel, so I gotta protect you. This is for your own good. <laughs> you know, it, it, it takes her actively, like, hitting her brother to, like, get him to listen. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not cool. It's mm-hmm. not cool, bro. Like, this, this could have been handled better. Like, this could have been handled in a non-creepy way. Like, they should have gone with, uh, like, uh, Yuri on Ice, what they did with uh, Mickey and Sarah. Right, right. Like, that's a good, like, whole brother-sister thing done really well. But then again... Sayu Yamamoto isn't working on this. None of these guys can, like... None of these guys can hold a candle to (laughs) Sayu Yamamoto. (laughs) So, yes, we got a whole arc here with Gauche, who really, really wants to go on a date with his sister. And I'm using that word correctly. He does use the word date here. Yes. And the reason for this is because it's her uh, birthday, you see. So he goes to visit her at the uh, orphanage that they grew up in. But, uh... Uh, wouldn't you know it, they, he sees Asta playing with her and some other kids. And the reason Asta is here is because uh, the woman from the mixer invited him to uh, into town, presumably to uh, get into his pants. And uh, Noel's there too because, of course, uh, jealous Sundundere. Sundundere? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's so Sundundere to him. <laughs> she's a Sundunderhead. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Oh, that's good. That was right off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. So yeah, Gauch is all like, stay the fuck away from my sister, but she's all like, no, I love him, and I'm gonna marry him. Just gonna just gonna throw fuel on the fire there. <laughs> and once again, what is this, five or six girls that like Asta? I know, right? Oh, they, they, they play it up more like she's just like innocent. And yeah, stuff, like, so. yeah, more like, I'll say five and a half. Right, right, like, like she's like playing house it's more something. cute. Yeah, that's like playing house. Yeah. But, uh, nah, Gosh isn't, uh, taking this lightly as he tries to murder Asta in his sleep. Yeah, he just goes into, like, straight kill mode. Now for, like, the next, like, day and a half, he's trying to kill, like, Asta with his mirror magic. Isn't this funny? <laughs> Aren't you laughing? Isn't it so funny how this guy doesn't, like, learn, doesn't, like, chill out or anything? He's, just, he's attempting murder here because someone's hitting on his ten-year-old sister, and it's not him. Yeah. Laugh, damn it. <laughs> Anyway, this is interrupted, what a shock, by all the children in town, including uh, Mixer Woman's siblings and Marie, and as they're all being hypnotized and taken away by the villain of this arc. During this, you get uh, just more bickering and, like, arguing because all the kids are gone, specifically between Gauche and uh, the old nun who takes care of Marie. I just remember at this point just yelling at my TV, just saying, just stop. Just stop. (laughs) (laughs) But they can't, though, because they have to save all the kids, and who are they saving them from? So yeah, uh, it turns out the uh, baddies of this arc are uh, two brothers. Two brothers. A younger brother who hypnotizes the kids and the older brother who uh, kind of calls the shots, but he's very abusive to his younger sibling. And the reason for this is that they want to steal all the mana from uh, these kids because uh, I guess when you're young, that's when the mana is the most ripest for kids, I guess. Because they're easy targets? Maybe. What are they going to do with that magic? Like, once they're done with the magic, what do you do with the kids? Do you just say, like, okay, that's enough, go home, young ones. I don't know, I think they, I think they sort of, like, chuck one of them, don't they? Yeah, they do, they chuck yeah, one they of the kids. Yeah, they chuck him on one to the side, like. Yeah. Well, it's because he has no magic, and he's just like, oh, we don't need this numpty over here, this no magic numpty. 
off you go. Yeah, so they probably just chuck all the other kids. Yeah, so uh, to go save the kids, Asta, Ghosh, and uh, the nun have to go uh, rescue them. Uh, n- not Noel, though. Just uh, you stay here and do nothing, which is what she does. Again, you keep the village under control. You just, tell everybody it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Nothing to see here. Just keep everything calm. It's 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 all you can do right now. It's okay, folks. We know you're missing your kids. <laughs> <laughs> we know somebody pulled a Pied Piper here, but it's going to be okay. Everything's fine. Though I guess she does call for help, I guess. That's that's all she really does. Yeah, she calls him back up. So uh, the three heroes arrive to uh, fight the two brothers, and Asta nullifies the hypnosis and frees all the kids. And I will say this, I kind of, rem- if I remember correctly, I kind of liked how he did this, because, you know, his sword is, like, what has the anti-magic in it, so I remember... Right, it, it cancels out all magic that So I remember him, like, the way he did it, it, did it he's like, he pulled out a sword, and then he just kind of boops all the kids' heads with, like, the hilt of his of his sword, and I thought, like, okay, that's that, that's kind of all right. <laughs> just this image <laughs> I of him... I kind of like that he just boop, 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 boop. Just carrying <laughs> this big, giant claymore and just going, boop. Boop, boop. Okay, you're free. Runs past them all, just kind of boops them all in the head. Like, like that. <laughs> I don't know that kind of got a little smile out of me. That, that was that was fine. That was fine. Another one for you, Black Clover. Yes, another another gold star for you. So uh, we got a fight, and uh, of course, uh, since we have a fight in the middle of this arc, let's have a flashback as uh, we learn about the nun uh, training uh, Sister Lily from before, and also we find out that the nun also trained with uh, Fuego, so she can fight. Yeah. Okay. Can you tell us this? Uh, no. No. Uh, don't tell Asta or Ghosh or anything about this. Yeah, but it also shows that she's like got a little bit of a connection to Asta because his, his numb caretaker talked about him. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, this, this, this. I know it. I know it's this. The, the sister is talking about this boy has potential. He has a lot. He's very special. This boy. His midichlorian count is off the charts." <laughs> So yeah, as the battle goes on, and then all of a sudden, a uh, crazy scientist woman from uh, Midnight Sun arrives. Uh, do you remember her name? I don't. I. I was hoping you'd you'd know her name. Can I get, like, free reign to look this up real quick? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Feel free. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because I swear to God, I don't remember her name, and I'm just like, I don't even know what to look for. I can't think of it. I I know she's got to be, like, cold in that costume she wears. Because it looks like lingerie that she's, like, wearing. Like, just like a a very thin top. Yeah. Kind of a little frilly. She has a lab coat on, though. And a lab coat. Yeah. Like frilly underwear or something. Something like that. Something like that. It's kind of like little, I don't know, almost like boy shorts, almost. Like yeah. frilly boy shorts. Yeah. It's a very weird look for this woman. <laughs> I don't like all this cold, too. Yeah. That's it? Are you fucking kidding me? Her name is just Sally. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, that's 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 really it. She's she's just, she, her name is just Sally. <laughs> that's, like the plain, that's the plainest name in this show. <laughs> Where you have characters like... Named Asta, Fuegolion, or Ghost, she have Sally. <laughs> with mini with mini shorts and like frilly little top and all underneath all covered by a lab coat. God, this woman has to be cold. <laughs> so and also I should mention that at this point the two brothers are just non-factors. Like they're just kind of shoved off to the side right now. Yeah, they don't really factor anymore, because now we've got like a member of the Midnight Sun here, like right after like a zombie attack too. Yeah. You think they want to, like, lay low for a bit? No, it's just, like, immediately go into this and try to steal magic from kids. Yeah, let's just let's just go with this little side job here. Yeah, just, no no need for a break. Like, we don't take a break, so we go in and we go hard. Yeah, let's just back up these guys we have very limited interactions with. Yeah, so the fight continues and uh, Ghosh manages to get away with Marie as he just fucking leaves Asta and the nun to fend for themselves. He's contemptible here. He's a dick. I know. He's awful. And the moment is made... 
even worse with, drumroll please, another flashback! Hey, what do we learn here? So this time we learn about Gosh and Marie's childhood as their orphans, and you know what? Fuck this guy, I don't care about his backstory. He's an asshole and a creep. Yeah, his, his, his backstory is literally just like, you know, we, we came from a royal family, parents died, nobody cared about us, like, we got swindled out of our inheritance... So it, was just, so it was just the two of us. And then Gauch just, like, committed crimes to keep them going. Gets arrested. He breaks out of prison to get to Marie. And then he's just found by Yami, who tells him, like, Hey, you got something to fight for. Wanna, I don't know, lighten your sentence, I guess? And, like, do parole under black the Black Bulls? <laughs> we won't talk about that again. It's kind of just like you're forgiven. <laughs> And yeah, that's just, that's just how he joined, and he just earned a paycheck, and he gives some of that to Marie whenever he can. So yeah, that's all we really learn. I didn't really even care, because, like, no, this guy's a jerk. Why? why would... That doesn't really validate anything he's currently doing. Yeah, this doesn't make him any sympathetic. He's just kind of like, okay, you kind of have a reason, but it doesn't excuse the fact that you left Asta and the nun here to, like, fend for their lives. Ah, uh, but there is one thing he learns out of all this, though. He does learn one thing. If Marie at least wants to go see Asta then I guess that's worth it enough if it means it gets a smile out of Marie. If she wills it, then so be it. Yes. It's like a bad version of the Princess Bride here. <laughs> and of course she gives him a good little slap on the face, whips him into shape. Yeah, give him another. And another. Three more. More, more, punch him, punch him, <laughs> kick him in the nuts! <laughs> more, more! Oh, yes, Marie. Do us all proud. Yes. <laughs> So he goes back to help, and he and Asta work together to stop Science Lady, and how do they do this? With Shadow Clone Jutsu! <laughs> yes! Ghosh uses his mirror magic to create mirror clones of Asta to kind of uh, wombo combo the baddies here. It's just Shadow Clone Jutsu! <laughs> That's all it is! <laughs> Does it count as plagiarism if you rip off yourself, considering Perot made the Nar did the Naruto anime? <laughs> There's got to be some like legal specifics there. We're not we're not hearing. <laughs> so yes, science lady is stopped by uh, this plagiarized uh, move here. But uh, out of nowhere, once again, out of nowhere, the leader of the Midnight Sun arrives. Come on! What is this arc? Really? God, I got like so disappointed when I saw this. <laughs> uh, I'm laughing, but honestly, it does kind of take me off because it's like. Really, you're playing this card this early? This you're so early. already, like, having, like, a battle interaction with the leader of your big group of baddies. <laughs> now, now, now's the perfect time to do this? Now it's time to bring out the big boss here. Yep, yep, gotta bring out the big boss with the third eye, Licked. Yes, played here by Jerry Jewell. Uh, by the way, Licked, it's ju it just literally means light. It's German for light. <laughs> Subtlety, thy name is Black Clover. <laughs> it's like the it's like Tabata, the writer, just kind of like uh, went into Google uh, Google Translate, started writing down words and going like, ah, yes, this word means uh, light in German. Oh, I gotta make that the name of a character. Yami, that means dark in my own language. <laughs> I speak Fuego. That's fire in Spanish, and oh, he's a fire wizard. Oh, ooh, oh, oh, I am a genius. So fucking clever. I'm gonna win an award for this shit. <laughs> and also, uh, Licked here is joined by another lackey, uh, Valtos, I believe his name is. Yes. 
So here's, he's here to uh, fuck shit up because, uh, you see, he sees the world as impure and he can be the only one to cleanse it. You know, I will save Spira and I will destroy it. I will snap my fingers and delete half the population. You know, this, this whole thing we've seen from many other villains, but just done so lame. He's got a bit of a point. He's got a little bit of a point, because he does bring up that there's, like, social stratification within the Clover Kingdom. He does have that, yeah. That there are royal families that get ahead of other people just because they have, like, better magic, you know, and just because they have better resources. And they're not really using those resources to um, help any help out anybody, any of the poor people in the streets. Again, it's one of those, like, ideas where I'm like, you know, in the hands of a better writer, this could work. Yeah, like, like in theory, This is something this is that fine. I could actually see Asta kind of getting be getting behind because he grew up in poverty as well because he has had an experience thus far where he's been talked down to by royal royalty hell every day he gets talked down to by royalty in yeah. the form of noel yes <laughs> but it's it's another one of those ideas that's just kind of brought up and it's not really like an interest in the characters it's that it's it's not that the they don't want to talk about it. It's more like the characters just don't care about it. Like it's not, it's not an important issue. It it doesn't keep them awake at night. Yeah. Because for Asta, he just wants to be the Wizard King. Yes, that's all he matters. That's all he matters. He wants to be the Wizard King, and he w he wants to get with Sister Lily. That's it. That's that's like the two halves of his brain right there. I I, I guess he want like well he clearly wants to help people you know but I guess we're just kind of meant to assume that like, yeah well, I mean he's we're just kind of meant to assume that he'll be a good person. He's a shonen protagonist, of course he's got to be a good person. <laughs> Precisely. But just like like you said, they play this card too early. Like this seems like something that they should build over the course of many arcs and then lead up to a big moment where like Asta comes face to face with this guy and then he then Licht can present this to Asta and then Asta can like, have a you know, conflict of inner conflict about like what's going on here. Like this guy kind of speaks some truths, but he's still he's still a villain. Like, mm -hmm. what do I do here? In a better writer's hands, like this could be this could work. But no, this guy just wants to get it done and over with. We need a villain right now. You're, you're just meant to make the assumption. Oh, he's evil, so we he, gotta fight him. Cause I'm evil. Cause I'm evil. So yeah, he tries to attack, but uh, thankfully Captain Yami shows up in the nick of time thanks to Noel calling for help and then uh, Finroll using his portals to uh, send Yami to uh, to the location. And thus begins one of the worst fights in the series, in my opinion. <laughs> really? Yeah, but uh, oh wait, actually, hold on a minute. Another flashback time. We got, we gotta, can't forget the flashbacks. And we learn about how Yami came from another country before he uh, started up the Black Bulls, and it's kind of implied that this country's like this world's equivalent of, like, Japan or something like that? I think they call it the Country of the Sun? I think like so. That? So, yeah, it's it's clearly meant to be, like, a Japan animal. And they also talk about how, like, his he carries a katana, and he says, like, this sword was from my home country. Y yeah, so Yami is from Japan, basically. Yeah, like, magic Japan. Uh-huh. And he also uh, talks about how he has the ability to sense key because that's now a concept in this magic show. I was so confused yeah. <laughs> when I heard this. Like, Yami, I, I, I get what they were trying to go with it. I, I get what they were trying to do. Yami just says to Asta, Hey, Asta, over in my country, we didn't read magic or anything like that. We read key, which is like the life energy that every person brings off, that a warrior brings off when they get into a fight, when they're tensing up their muscles. I read Lick's key in order to read his movements. I don't just look at his magic or anything or sense that. I read his key. And guess what? That's not magic somehow. <laughs> so, Asta... You can do that too. <laughs> learn, learn how to read his muscles or something, <laughs> and you too will be able to fight as well as I do. And Yami then proceeds to beat the ever living shit out of Licht. 
like, uh, one of the reasons why I think this fight is the worst is because, uh, in between beating the shit out of Licht, we just have so many moments where the action just stops so the characters can just, like, argue or Asta can marvel at Yami for being so cool. Or yeah, it kind of it kind of makes they just the, do straight up slapstick. Yeah, it's it's it makes the the whole like action sequence feel very like choppy, and it kind of kills the momentum. And this is your main villain right here. Like the main villains of your series, your top heels, your serious threat to humanity, the guys who caused a zombie apocalypse like no less than a week ago, and they're just like. You don't even care about them. You're like letting them just stand there, like twiddling their thumbs while you do bad slapstick. Yami at one point literally just talks to Asta and explains, like, just kind of deals out, like, you know, exposition to him or something. No, not exposition. He's just kind of talking to him and stuff, you know, and like maybe it's like something inspirational. I don't recall too well. I do know, but one... he's swatting away the magic yeah. attacks from Licked, the the light attacks. Yeah, he does that. And I also do know one bit where like Asta tries to join in on the fight, and then Yami just for some reason just like kicks him over and he goes like, ha you fell down. Like like a small child. Like, what the fuck are you doing, Yami? Right, right. Well, I understand he wants him to focus on like, the other guy we have here. Yeah. Who's also along with Licked, but, uh, but again, it's 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 not very satisfying overall. Yeah, and like, if your main heroes don't take, like, your main villain group seriously, then why should I? Like, you're really, you're, you're burying your own villains here. Come on, this is meant to be, like, the big villain of your series. Treat him with some seriousness here. Like, can you imagine, like, say... One Piece, you know, uh, Eni's Lobby, that great arc, and, like, Luffy's fighting Rob Lucci, and, like, every so often, Luffy just stops to, like, just, like, not care about fighting this big guy who, like, captured one of his friends. If he just focused on, like, meat that he was trying to eat. Yes. Like, could you imagine, like, like, it'd be terrible. Yeah, it'd be just garbage. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what it is here. <laughs> yes. So, the fight continues, and Licht goes to deliver the big, fad final blow, but uh, luckily, Ghosh jumps in at the last second using one of uh, Finral's portals to uh, use his mirror magic to reflect it back at him and defeats him. So, yeah, your leader of the big main villain group is defeated by this creepy sex pervert. Well, light reflects off mirrors. Ah, see, it's clever. <laughs> still, like... It's clever, because it's obvious. <laughs> but still, Ghosh is the one who defeats Licht? And just kind of blows back a laser attack, like his strongest uh, light attack, and it just kind of blows him away. Really? Him? Like, this is kind of like Royal Rumble 2002. You have, like, Maven, this, like, ton of, tough enough winner, eliminating The Undertaker. And just like, what? Really? Him? He's He does that? And then the then the fight's done. That's it. Oh, but then, nah, not yet. Not yet, actually. As uh, suddenly, three of the Midnight Sun's strongest members arrive to help their leader. These guys are known as the Three Eyes, which consists of Raya, who uses copy magic, played here by Brandon Potter. Veto, who uses beast magic, played here by David Wald. And Fauna, who uses fire magic, played here by Jeannie Tirado. Then, suddenly, suddenly, like even, even more out of nowhere, <laughs> three Magic Knight captains show up to fight off these three. And they fight for a while, and I'm just... I'm just so bored. It's... No, I believe it's... It's... It's Nozelle Silva. Nozelle? Of the, of the Silver Eagles. Yep. It's... Charlotte. Charlotte of the uh, Blue Roses. And, and it's Jack, Jack the, the Ripper. Ripper. <laughs> really? Of the Emerald Mantises. God, really? They named him Jack the Ripper? Because he, he cuts people up with his, his severance magic. <laughs> you know, Where he, he does literally the only gimmick anybody in like any anime with a mantis theme does, which is have blades come out of their body. <laughs> Yeah, I just think it like would have been better if he was like more of an XP for like the real life Jack the Ripper just come out in like the top hat and coat being like, Oh you bloody wanker, I'm gonna fucking stab you, you <laughs> numpty. 
straight out of Whitechapel. <laughs> <laughs> or be like uh, uh, that one time in uh, NXT, Finn Balor came out as like Demon Jack the Ripper. Oh god! <laughs> With like the hat and the uh, the the face paint, it like looked it looks silly. God. <laughs> so the Midnight Sun retreats, and the day is saved thanks to these I don't know the Powerpuff Knights. Yep, yep. Although, uh, one detail that was also kind of confusing to me, because of course, to, to keep the momentum going, to keep all the uh, suspense going, Licht specifically says that uh, the three, that uh, the Third Eyes here are way stronger than him. They're the strongest members of the Third Eye. It's like, really? <laughs> why aren't they the leaders? It's like, why aren't they the leaders? Like, okay, maybe he's got, like, charisma or something. Like, he's kind of leading people on. I will give, you know what, I will give the third eye this. I mean, no, no, the the eye of the midnight sun this. They do actually care about each other. Yeah, they do. They do actually look out for each other and want to, like, keep each other safe. It's uh, the loss of life of anyone in their organization is a big loss. Yeah. So, I'll give I'll give them that they have camaraderie. There, yeah, there is that. I'll I'll give them to that too. And that's that's the same for the uh, third eye here as well. But uh, again, like these three are the strongest. <laughs> we get to look forward to these three. Oh boy. Oh yay. Yay. <laughs> well, well, they did they do give us a little bit of a spoiler for Licked at least. Apparently, he's got like a seal on himself that's concealing uh, massive amounts of magical power. So that's the way they kind of explain why you can feel totally ever underwhelmed during this battle. Okay, so like he's holding back. Yeah, he's holding back something. Still doesn't work no. very well. So yeah, like after the Midnight Sun leaves, uh, what about the baddies that started this whole arc? These uh, these two brothers, you know? Well, uh, we find out that the youngest brother, the one who did all the uh, hypnotizing, is like his whole motivation. And we find this out at the end of the arc, after everything's all said and done. We find out that he only just wanted friends. That's it. Aww, screw him. <laughs> and the show tries to play this off as sympathetic. Like, you kidnapped a bunch of children all because you wanted friends. That's... no. Well, he, they, they argue that he was kind of guided by his bro- his older brother. His older brother was the one that was really pushing him. Like, he, his older brother was the one who had the ulterior motives. And um, the little blue-haired boy here was the one with the genuine intentions. But still, could have gone, uh, gone about it a little bit better. Well, they say he's gonna get help afterwards, so I'm just gonna trust. I'm just gonna trust the story on that. <laughs> yeah, everyone forgives him, and he's given a job at the church by the old nun. And so the arc ends. Asta gets a kiss from a mixer woman, and Noel is still a jealous mess. And I die a little inside. <laughs> <laughs> I've never known a kiss to do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but oh, that, that's not all about this arc. Like you know, we get we wrapped up everything. But uh, you remember this part? Well, like after everything's done, they head back to the uh, the guild hall, the Black Bulls guild hall, and they just have like a weird pieing contest for no reason well because i think they set up during the arc that like uh or like a little bit earlier that um sweet potatoes are a bit of a thing where uh asta and you know come from where that's kind of just like the only kind of like good sweet thing they have around or something so he just kind of introduces everybody to uh how it tastes and stuff and then they decide to honor this by having a sweet potato pie eating contest i guess <laughs> Apparently, like, it's so strong for them, because, like, they all start dropping, like, flies, because apparently the sweetness is too much for them. Except for Charmy, of course, because it's Charmy. Yeah, of course. It's a weird cherry on top for this arc. Yeah, so just, <laughs> next. 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 Oh, before we get into the ne- next arc, usually on this podcast we talk about, like, the OPs, and I actually haven't mentioned them here, and I kind of have a bone to pick up with these uh, openings. Yes, because now we are getting into the, uh, because now we are entering the, uh... Fourth opening. 
Yes, the fourth opening. And we're also getting near the end of uh, our 52-episode run here. Yeah, so uh, I just want to mention that uh, as for the openings of the show, they kind of range from very being very inoffensive kind of there, which is what the the first two openings are. I just... I can't even really remember them. They didn't really, they didn't really leave much of an impact on me. Yeah, they don't stick around too much. I'd but say. Uh, the last two, the one for uh, this current arc and the one for the previous arc, they're awful. <laughs> really, really awful. They, 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 they stick in your head like a, in a bad way. Like the third opening is just like do 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 black clover. <laughs> it doesn't have a very nice beat to it. And just the the fourth one is not only is it a bad song, but it's... <laughs> remember when I said there was edginess to come? <laughs> Holy shit! This fourth opening is one of the worst openings to an anime I've seen in a while. Like not only is the song bad, but like. The visuals, it looks like a really poorly made AMV. <laughs> it's got like, it's got like rock music, it's got like yeah. rock guitars blaring, you know? It's got like weird kind of mixing. That mm. <laughs> feels almost like dubstepy. Yeah. It's got like, it's got like heavy, like, you know, heavily shadowed, like dark visuals and stuff. Yeah, and you have like characters flying at the screen, you have like all characters flying at the screen, sort of like freezing in place, it's like they're shooting off magic, you know? It's got this like heavy, like female, like rock voice, like just blaring out in the background. It, it It's it's an opening that really tries to make the series feel more like punk rock than it really is. And the song is just like... try hardy to get you interested in this like what you're watching is like the most like like badass thing you've ever watched <laughs> it feels like it should be the opening to like shadow the hedgehog or something yeah that's what it kind of feels like it kind of feels like it's that level of like edginess they're trying to reach oh man i want to crush 40 remix of uh guess who's back <laughs> <laughs> crush 40 get on this shit I want to hear that cover. <laughs> oh, God. Well, watch this for yourselves, folks. It's it's so funny. I'm thankful that Toonami ha- uh, has the decency to cut openings down to, like, 30 seconds. Thank Christ. Because I can't deal with, like, a minute and a half of this each and every week for 52 weeks. Oh, no. So, yeah. We're on to the final arc of the season. Thank fucking Christ. 
and it's all about the Wizard King sending the Black Bulls on a mission to find more of these magic stones like the ones you see in previous arcs. Yes, because we are learning that these magic stones, um, how does it go again? Uh, the reason for these magic stones is that they carry a lot of power and the Midnight Sun wants them because if they combine the stones with the tablet, that big uh, stone monolith in their uh, home base, then they have the ability to uh, kind of reshape the world and kind of like achieve their true forms and unleash the power unlock the secrets of uh, the mana right right they've got some sort of like a stone slab that has like a kabbalah mystic symbol on it on it you know yeah i'm just like i've seen that in evangelion <laughs> for crying out loud <laughs> it's like ghost on the shell like not fucking clever here or anything <laughs> It's like, Kabbalah is like that one, like, branch of, like, Jewish Jewish mysticism that, like, nobody fucking cares about to, like, actually learn anything all about. <laughs> they just hear mysticism and they're like, ooh, this looks magical. This kind of looks like something, uh, like, an alchemist would kind of put together. Yeah. <laughs> and they just use it in there and it's like... It's, that's it. Like poor Kabbalah. That's it, just just that symbol in like the, the the red wristband. That's all anybody cares about when it comes yeah, like, to that. Like none of the context. Just like uh, these like outside things. Oh god. Hey, at least we have the movie Pi to like. Yeah. <laughs> give it some love, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but no, if they, if they put all these magic MacGuffins, because that's what they are. That's what these gems are in Black Clover. They're just big fat MacGuffins. They're basically Chaos Emeralds or Dragon Balls. Take right, a pick. Right, so they just gotta get these glazed MacGuffins into um, this big stone slab and it will, I guess, give them access to like the life force or something yep. and grant them immeasurable magic power. Yes. So they Okay, can, just wanted to square that away. So they can follow Lick's plans of like reshaping the world in his own image. Good, basically. because that comes by really fast in one episode, and they don't really talk about it again afterwards, so I needed a refresher on that. That's another thing with the series, is like, when they do explain things, they only explain them once, and they just expect you to remember them. Like, they don't give any refreshers any time during the series. Right, right, because after a while, you kind of forget that, like, they're, like, searching for a stone. Yeah, I forgot like... about these magic stones while watching this arc. You know, it'd be something else if, like, the stones actually had, like, individual powers themselves, like, if they were, like, the infinity gems or yeah. something. Yeah. Then maybe they could have a bit more power to them. Like, maybe, like, they do something to, like, the uh, place they go to or something. Yeah. Maybe if they, like, found it in, like, this cave, maybe it's doing wonky stuff to the cave or something. But, no, it's just an innocuous little rock that they gotta grab. Yeah, or if there's, like, a history of, like, finding these stones, like, who, how they came across it. Because, you know, like, the first stone was, like, uh, owned by the uh, the chief of uh, Magnus Village. Like, how did, how did he come in contact with it? Did he, like, use that stone to, like do good things for his village or anything like that? Did it did it have any kind of power? Yeah, yeah, but they, like, they don't really like try for anything there. No, it's just like, these stones are powerful, enough said. They're just useless little rocks yeah, until like, you place them into this big stone slab, yeah, they kind of, and then you become god. Yeah, they kind of only work when they're all part of a set by itself. They're just kind of like little chunks of rock. Yeah, pr pretty useless in that regard. So, Black Bulls are sent on a mission to find one of these stones, which is located within a water temple, which leads to a beach episode oh yeah because of course black clover had to get that out of the way credit they waited at least 40 episodes to get to it they didn't blow their load on this too early well it's it's a standard for every shonen let's be real like you gotta have like a, a beach moment somewhere yeah they waited they they picked they bited their time before they can really pull out this is this was the big guns for black clover just like oh just you wait just you wait wait until we get to the beach episode i know the i know the zombie arc was a little disappointing i know this uh kidnapping children stuff was a little eh, but no 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 wait till we get to the beach episode kids this will this will thing this is where things really take off well i don't know it's weird though because like usually you want to wait until like you have like a decent amount of like um i don't know this is this is 
you want you want you, typically like some other series like wait until like they have a sizable like um, group of women or something to really play this card off because let's be real it's it's when it comes to this shit it's never about like the guys or anything no stuff, it's you know? it's fan service yeah it tends to be fan service and it's like but like they don't even have any of that to fall back on <laughs> you have two women and that's it well it's like well I prefer it the other way I prefer it where like they just all go to the beach you know and like they just like interact with each other and stuff like yeah. characters are playing off each other and having a good time you know but again it's Black Clover <laughs> so we don't get that we just have everybody's like annoying personalities grating on against each other <laughs> yeah and you get like stuff of like Noelle trying to find the right bathing suit to like get Asa's eye <sighs> And just, like, getting interrupted by everyone being, like, a stupid asshole with their, like, gimmicks, like, interrupting their moments and stuff like that. Yeah, just all the other guys are pulling Asta away and stuff, and uh, they're all just kind of just enjoying the beach and stuff, and, like, all their personalities are just riding off, you know? Yeah, and also, oh, and I I completely forgot one character's, like, uh, remember that one dude from, like, the magic exam, like... That guy who goes, ha-ha, he, he comes back in this arc. Yes, yes, the douchebag from the magic exam. Yeah. Does he shows up to be, like, still be a douchebag? He does that a lot in the series. Yeah. <laughs> it just shows up, and he just acts all haughty and shit, and doesn't do anything very important plot-wise. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Weird bit of, like, a weird bit of, like, anachronism to this arc, too, and stuff. Like, it was, I don't know, it felt weird seeing characters that up until now we've seen in, like, a fantasy setting, mm -hmm. where, like modern swimsuits and stuff. Yeah, this is like a modern day beach setting right here. Yeah, it's like a modern day beach setting where like they're they're all wearing like very modern suits and stuff and it's I don't know, it, it clashes. It clashes a bit. Like yeah. there's there's a, there's quite a bit of that in the series where like some things will clash uh, a bit and stuff. Where like they won't where like some characters won't really have anything like and it really became apparent in this arc, too. Really apparent in this one. Especially with what's coming up in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> with one character. Oh, yes. But, like, it, it, it gets weird in, like, parts of the series where, like, characters will just say something that just doesn't feel right. Like, it's not something that would, like, look like... It's not something that you would think would be in this world or that somebody would say in this world. Because when... <laughs> I remember one line. I can't forget this. There was a line said by Yami to the Wizard King... When he was getting assigned this current mission, when the Wizard King is explaining, uh, he's he says this line where he says, uh, "The once once the midnight uh, once the midnight eye or midnight sun <laughs> get get all these stones together and place them in this slab, they will have access to untold amounts of magical energy." And Yami says, "Geez, sounds like these guys read too many fantasy novels." <laughs> what? Fantasy. You are in one. You are in a fantasy world. How does this sound any different from what you people with magic books that you have lying around shooting off magic do? <laughs> Come on. Are you, you know, kidding me? Now that I think about it, now that you brought that up, I'm kind of thinking like that's a very Japanese thing because I remember seeing like stuff like other anime or video games where you have like a character who say like, oh, come on, don't leave me out of the action. You're treating me like just some side character in a story when they are indeed a side character in the story. I, I feel like I'm in a bad like harem anime. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Said by every harem anime protagonist. Also, you mentioned like dialogue that seems very out of place in like this fantasy universe. Uh, I want to skip ahead because... Uh, there's so, there's like I think there's like a recap episode post after all this like after where I stopped watching, where like in the dub there's like a really weird line because uh, uh for context I know I didn't watch the episode but I know that uh, 
the episode is a recap episode, and it's presented through, like, a, a trivia contest where, like, characters were, like, answering. Oh, God, I know what you're talking about. And there's a line in the dub where uh, Yami says something to the effect of, what, you prefer subs over dubs? <laughs> I don't know, like, just the way you said that, like, it just, it kind of cracked me up a little bit. Like, <laughs> like uh, it, out of context, it's kind of weird, but at the same time, I can be like, Okay, that's fun. That, that's that's Funimation kind of being a little cute and like I'll give it to Funimation. I won't give it to Black Clover because that that line was theirs. Yeah. So like I'll give that one to them. Right. But still, it's like a, another example of like really weird, out of place dialogue in like this fantasy setting. Right. Right. Well, well then again, that was just like a wacky recap episode. Yeah. So, so it it can be counted as non-canon, but still, it's a little a tad weird. Yeah, a little bit weird. So anyway, in all this beach party beach blanket nonsense over here uh the main point of this arc is that since the temple is underwater noelle being the water wizard she needs to use her power to create a way to get down to the temple and uh during this while noelle's uh, training and asta is observing her uh they run into a girl singing on the beach a girl named uh kanaho played by brina palencia and she instantly befriends the two uh, i just want to mention with the scene here is like the scene actually had the one joke in the show that actually got a decent chuckle out of me it's like uh when noelle is introducing herself to kahano uh she she says hello my name is uh noelle and this here is dorksta and like that kind of caught me off guard i wasn't expecting it. i'm just like Pfft. like a bit of a chuckle but it's dorksta it's, yeah it's not the best but it's kind of like i know it's it's really not clever <laughs> it's not but it's just like i wasn't expecting it i'm just like okay that's that's fine like it got a bit of a little <laughs> the more obvious one be assta yeah no we got to keep pg Oh, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. I don't know. There was a, there was a little bit of like one joke got a little bit of a chuckle out of me recently. It was when they were back on the beach and Vanessa walks out and she's like, "Hey boys, what do you what do you think of my swimsuit here?" And Vanessa, you know, she's a character who you know doesn't really care too much about her own body temperature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just say, you know, doesn't wear a whole lot of clothing regularly and stuff. And she just comes out in the swimsuit. It's just the exact same color as like her yeah. normal like. <laughs> lingerie that she wears everywhere <laughs> asta and magna are just like yeah they're just like uh what's so different about this it's no different from what you already wear <laughs> so every every now and then this series gets a little bit out of me it's yeah. a little bit out of it though uh with this uh with the dorksta line they end up ruining it because afterwards uh kahano actually thinks that's his name so she ends up repeating it endlessly and it just kind of you just kind of killed the joke there uh, i just kind of like yeah buries it in the ground yeah so so let's uh let's know, know a little bit more about her as uh, she's revealed to have uh, music magic and she can si- she can heal others through the sound of her voice and uh one of her big goals in life is she wants to become an idol <laughs> This was the other bit of anachronism here. Like, really? This universe has idols in it? This girl knows what those are? Those yeah. are an actual thing that exists? <laughs> yeah. What kind of idol groups exist in a world like Black Clover? Hey, man, we live in a world where horses and zombies can be idols, so, like, who knows what we can ha- What? Who can be an idol in this world? <laughs> <laughs> I guess anybody can be, I guess. Even you can be an idol. And you. And you. <laughs> kind of hard to, like work some magic on there too because like naturally you'd think they would use like magic or something like, yeah it like, can be awkward to have like your books out constantly like using magic on a stage yeah can't look very pretty you <laughs> have very badly done cgi books <laughs> also like wouldn't she be able to like use her magic to like wouldn't there be some idols who can use like music magic but to like kind of trick people into liking their music when they're really not that good like <laughs> would, would that be like an idol in this world 
Oh, you got a little idea there. Like, it's actually really shitty music, but yeah. because it's magic, it makes people like it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to see, uh, I want to see, like, uh, or, like, not just idols, but, like, regular, like, rock bands or something like that. I want to see, like, the, uh, this, the Black Clover equivalent of, like, Nickelback using their <laughs> magic to trick people into liking their songs. Black Clover, Greta Van Fleet, like, <laughs> ripping off Led Zeppelin <laughs> for the rest of the Black Clover universe. Or Black Clover, like, Cardi B or something. <laughs> so, yes, during this, uh, they all become friends, because, you know, friendship is magic and whatnot, and Kahano gives uh, Noelle a bit, of a bit of a friendship speech and gives her the motivation to, like, use her magic, where, like, she says, don't focus on, like, your family, focus on the friends you have now and all the motivation they're giving you, and then... All the Black Bulls come out and say, like, yeah, you can do it, Noelle, you can fight and make this magic bubble thing, which he does. Did this kind of happen near the beginning of the series, anyway, when, like, Noelle was trying to use magic? Maybe? It kind of is, because, like, I remember, like, kind of the other Black Bulls being around when Noelle's magic initially in the series did not work, and, like, it was kind of going out of control. So, you know, Asta was trying to, like, rescue her from her own magic. This 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 just was a bit of like deja vu for me. <laughs> I'm like, haven't we been here already? I mean, I know I'm like that with like the jokes in the series. Like, haven't we done this joke already? But like right here, I was all like, oh my god! Like, yeah, I think they did kind of do that again. The only difference here is that like her magic actually worked. It works, but also not thinking about it, like remembering the scene, it didn't actually feel like a it didn't feel like a callback. Like, if it were a callback to the original scene, then it can be like, okay, that's I see what you're doing there, but it didn't. It just felt like a another scene where, like, they give her motivation to use magic. Yeah. So, like, uh, she creates a giant air bubble where they can all ride in, and they make their way to the water temple safely. And they arrive on Fishman Island. I, I mean, uh, the seabed temple. Right. That that That's what it's called. <laughs> and there they... God, look at the... Just getting a look at this place, too, and stuff. Like, boring-ass coral buildings. With, like, <laughs> it looks so planned! With, like, four windows in each of, like, their pillars. <laughs> it's so the ventilation has to be horrible in those things. <laughs> God, it's gonna be, like... Gotta, like, air's gotta be, like, salty as shit down there. <laughs> also, it seems really small. Like, the city itself just lo looks really small. I know, it's like they just get to the city. Yeah, this is... Oh my god, like, I really didn't like this. Where, like, they just get to the city, and it's like they barely even explore any of it. No, they immediately... This place, as far as we can tell, this place has very little culture. They just kind of walk through, and people are like, Ooh, Magic Knights, we don't get those down here very much. We're an isolated little fucking country <laughs> down here. We're, we're scarcely associated with the Clover Kingdom. We don't even know what the fuck we are. What is the Clover Kingdom, actually? <laughs> But we're protected by the Magic Knights, we guess. <laughs> Whatever those are. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to take in our culture? Maybe take in and partake of our food here or something? Oh, nope, gotta get to the Magic Temple. Take me to your high priest. Which uh, which they do, and they tell him their mission, and he says uh, he'll only give them the stone if they can uh, pass a test inside the temple. So everyone gets separated, and they each have to fight and beat uh, temple one of the temple warriors. Oh, but didn't you love how wacky this, this all starts out with? Where like the guy is like, a really wacky... Has like kind of like a wacky old man personality, oh, yeah. like he's Master Roshi or he's something. He's very eccentric and he's everything. A, he's a discount Master Roshi. He is. Did he even have a staff too, like Roshi? I no, I don't believe he did. No, I don't yeah. think he had. Because like, who has staffs in the series? Everybody uses books and shit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Everybody uses books and shit. Where like they're just like awkwardly having them like off, like off, like to their side or something yeah. while they're unleashing magic, and it looks like really awkward and like off-putting. 
It's kind of like the uh, the Greed Island arc of Hunter Hunter, where they always have to carry their books around. But there, they have a reason because they carry the cards and everything. Right, right. Or it's like, or it's like um, uh, Zatch Bell or something, where yeah. they have to have their books out. But it's like, but like Zatch Bell though has the added advantage where the books are one. You actually have to have them open and read the spells like out aloud, which you know. Black Clover has here as well, but it has the added bonus of the fact that, like, it's also, like, their greatest weakness, too, where you have to have it out, and if it, like, gets shot or burned, then that's it for you. You're out of, like, the big Momoto gang, I mean, game, and, like, you can't use, and, like, your Momoto goes away, your partner goes away. Yeah. In Black Clover, I've, one of the weird things I noticed, it's never a, a big point that, like, the books are a target. Yeah. You would think, in a series like this, where everybody uses these items... It would be a big point to aim for that person's book. Yeah. And it just floats there, too, in scenes. The books just float there like big glowing targets. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I'm, throughout many of these, throughout the whole show, throughout this whole 52-episode run, I keep wondering to myself, why is nobody shooting the books? Why is nobody trying to destroy the books? That's the source of all their magic. And like with Asta, like, that's where he gets his weapon from, inside his books. That's where he keeps them. Like, well, that's where everybody gets their power from. They have to open their books, flip pages, and, you know, yell out their attacks. Yeah. But with Asta's, like, you take away the you take away his two swords, then he's basically just like a sitting duck. Yeah, like, he doesn't have anything. Yeah. Like so a, wh why does no why why do the books not why do the books not have any more emphasis in the series? Maybe the writer hadn't hasn't thought of that yet. I don't know. Maybe maybe not. I, I I'm just saying in a series like Zatch Bell, that series actually thought about their books, their magic books used in that series, and Black Clover hasn't. And if this is any way an endorsement to say that Zatch Bell is a better series than Black Clover, <laughs> I will say that right now. And you can quote me on that. Zatch Bell is a better anime and manga than Black Clover. It will always be in perpetuity. In perpetuity. Put that quote on, like, if they ever release the the, the DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> Zatch Bell, way less remembered, but way better than Black Clover. <laughs> so during this test, uh, Noelle fights one of the warriors who, who turns out to be uh, Kahano, as you see, she's the granddaughter of the high priest here. And also, uh, she has a brother who is also the grandson of the high priest who's fighting Asta at this point. And, uh, and remember how, like, how this is going on where, like, the old man and, uh, Yami are just, like, in this control room watching all these picture-in-picture, -picture, like, screens monitoring everything that's going on? It's kind of demented. Yeah, it's, it feels very Saw-ish, to be honest. Yeah, it is a little bit. Well, well like, they're, they're straight up making it into a big, like, battle royale where, like, if they can, like, defeat all these, like, temple members, they get out and shit. And, like, they get, like, the, the jewel and stuff. But like, and it's the, they're, they're like even broadcasting it though to the city yeah. as well. So the city gets to see this. <laughs> Did they just wait for people to just come down constantly to try and take this rock? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the annual Temple Test Challenge! <laughs> will these magic knights be able to take down our temple warriors or will they soon be defeated? Find out tonight at 8pm 7 central. On the Temp High Temple Network. Then again, have you seen their fucking city? Yeah. <laughs> what else is there to do in here? What else is there to do around here except just, like, kick coral around and, like, just, like, be one with a fish? This is this city's bullshit. Jesus Christ, at least build, like, a fishman Starbucks here so we can so we can at least find a place to chill. Right? There's, like, nothing to this poor underwater civilization. This is the only bit of entertainment they have. Yeah, this place well, I guess if, if it's between that... And just, like, singing and dancing yeah. the same boring crap. <laughs> then, yeah, like, I'd probably pick, like, the, the Battle Royales here. Mm -hmm. I, I'd pick Underwater PUBG here. <laughs> 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 With 
we're gonna Fortnite it up in this, like, temple. Oh, that's another meme the show can do. You can have Asta do, like, the floss dance. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's the last thing we need. You're right. Save that for three years when it's out of date. Ah, there we go. So all this fighting is going on. Guess what happens next? Interruption from out of nowhere as Veto and some Midnight Sun goons, hired goons, show up to steal the stone. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> also, they just get here. Like, the Black Again. Bulls have to... They, just, they get... just They just can't let the Midnight Sun, like, off for a little bit. Give them a breather. It's just like, okay, I get, okay, I get that, like, these gems are important. I get it, but it's like, don't these guys have any, like... Can't they just, like, hire a third party to, like, go after this? Or can't they just, like, find some other way to, like, screw this over? Or, like, can they just not know about one jam and we can just have, like, somebody else fight them for an arc? Or or make this arc just the Black Bulls fighting the Temple Warriors. Yeah, something like that. And then you can, like, lead to a main event of, like, Asta and Noel fighting uh, Kahano and her brother. Yeah, maybe you could have the characters, uh, you know, blocked off a bit and maybe go through their own character development here and there and maybe come to each other's rescue... No, we just gotta drop the Midnight Sun in again and just throw a big wrench in everything. It's like the Midnight Sun is just turning into like the Poochie of the series. <laughs> it's like whenever the Midnight Sun isn't on screen, everyone should be asking, where's the Midnight Sun? <laughs> also, Lick should be louder and more in your face. Exactly. You should wear sunglasses and have like a radical personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, leave it on the floor back there. <laughs> so yeah, we got Fedo fighting all the guys and Beastie Boy here wipes the floor with uh, Magna and Luck. First, and then Asta and Kahano's brothers show up to fight him now. And oh my god, we get that scene. <laughs> we get one of the worst pieces of animation in the show. Like, the animation in the show isn't good to begin with. Like, it feels like Perot put their B team on this while their A team is working on Bort. Oh my god. It's around, I believe, the 5 minute 30 seconds to 5 minute 50 mark. On uh, episode 45. Yes, 45. So, like, in this scene, uh, Asta confronts Veto, and Veto is just... And the way it's framed is, like, Veto is back is to the audience, he's in the foreground, and in the background you see Asta, and he's, like, giving out to him saying, like, Ah, oh, we know what you're up to, you're not gonna get away with this. And Asta's mouth does not move. <laughs> How do you make that mistake? <laughs> and you don't even need to do detailed animation. Just have animate a frame of his head with his mouth closed and his mouth open and just flap. It's two frames of animation. I know. Flap this... back and forth between the two. I looked at that scene and I'm just like, this is like one of the easiest. This would have been one of the easiest things to animate. It's like Asta's already at a bit of a distance, so there's a decrease in, uh, you know, um, visual detail. So there's not much to the uh, frame that you actually have to draw. He's got limited actions. You just have to show him, like, moving his sword once and just draw all the uh, flaps for his mouth for when he's talking. But they didn't even manage that. It's They do that for every other scene, but it's like right here. They don't. And it makes for, like, the funniest animation error in, like, this 52-episode run. And it's a good 10 seconds this is on screen. It's a long 10 seconds when you actually watch it. And it's like, like you said, you don't even have to try all that hard. Just make just make sure you know his mouth is moving. Like, like I, I've seen, like, uh, videos on, like, how the lip flaps work in uh, anime. How it's, like, three different frames where it's, like, mouth opening, mouth half open, mouth closed. And you go go back and forth between all these three frames. But with this, since he's in the background, you just have you just need two frames: open mouth, close mouth, open mouth, close mouth, and just like go back and forth and time it to the dialogue. But no, they couldn't even do that right. 
There are Kingdom Hearts cutscenes that are like better animated. <laughs> yes. <than this>. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are images of Hades having like a like a blank face, just like flapping his mouth open, not being excited about anything or having any personality, and that has more personality than this. this. Scene. <laughs> Though I will say, I bet you one person who really liked uh, the scene was uh, Dallas Reed himself, because uh, as you know, with a lot of voice actors, the one thing that uh, that uh, is a, is the toughest thing about uh, recording for an anime since. Is ADR, you have to match the lip flaps, but uh, aha, tap in the temple here, no lip flaps to match. You can just you can just straight up act. No one have to worry about magic lip flaps. So I bet he was like, I bet he went into the booth going like, oh wow, that's a that's a bit of an error here, but like, haha, I don't have to match lip flaps this time. I imagine he probably got some good bloopers out of it that would that I would love to see. I would love to see like if someone were to release like uh, the bloopers or like any of the bombs from the series online, I would love to actually see that. So <laughs> moving past that moment in time that moment in history for black the, the longest 10 seconds of black clover <laughs> moving past that uh we see uh gauche uh charmy and gray having to deal with some goons and during this we actually get to see uh gray's true identity as uh their magic runs out and they go from being this giant hulking beast monster into a shy moy blob of a girl <laughs> played here by megan shipman so once again another character that's just for a joke she, she's just one gag. She's really shy. She doesn't like showing her true body or appearance to anybody. Also, uh, the opening of the series spoiled this, because you see Grey in her Yeah, form. as soon as this arc opened, like, it immediately spoils it in the opening, and you see, like, a blue girl in there, and you're like, Who the hell oh, is who's that? that? Oh, Grey's not here, so... Oh, it's Grey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, way to go, Black Clover! Oh, way bravo, to go! Bravo! Bravo! Bravo, even! <laughs> So uh, they managed to defeat the goons by uh, Grey using what's left of her magic to turn uh, a rock into a giant meat portion and then waking up Charmy to be like, hey, Charmy, they're stealing your food. And then Charmy uses a giant, uh, one of her giant sheeps to uh, do a three-punch KO to the goons. But then the rock turns back into, the food turns into the rock and she's all sad and it's funny. This is funny. Yes. 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 Very cool. So, back to the Beastie Boy fight as Noelle and Kahano arrive to help. Uh, Kahano and her brother team up with uh, song and dance magic, but it's no use, and Beastman stomps them and also crushes Kahano's throat in the process. Yeah, he doesn't just stomp them, he fucks them up. Yeah, he just, like, what, did he, like, choke the life out of her throat? And she's just, like, kind of done at that point. Like, like yeah, he strikes a blow at her throat. Mm-hmm. And then those are her vocal cords, like, out. That's actually pretty... That's pretty hardcore for this series. Like, okay, that's 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 an actual good blow. I, I, always, I always complain as to why some villains in some stories don't, like, purposefully cripple their foes or something. Because it's, it's, it would seem like one of the most obvious things you could do, like... Take a guy's leg off, like he can't run anymore, like he can't use kick moves. It's it's every question I answer when I ask like why somebody but somebody fighting Sanji in One Piece doesn't just cut his leg off. <laughs> <laughs> then again, I guess that's why Sanji doesn't deal with guys with swords. Right. <laughs> but no, here he like straight up like cuts off like the leg of like the brother, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And he takes out the vocal cords of the sister. So that's both their dreams like taken away there. Yeah. I saw that I'm like Okay, that's that's another star. That's another star, Black Clover. Yeah, like what, what a villain we... that actually like knew that crippling an, an enemy, a, a foe, would, or crippling one of the um, side characters would take away their dreams. Okay, that's actually something I kind of like to see in some things. This is what we call psychology. Yes. <laughs> so another gold star for you. Right. What are we up to? Like four. 
Uh, I think it's no, I think it's like three. Okay, I think it's three. <laughs> I almost gave him credit for another one. <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost. So yeah, Noelle is the only one standing at this moment, but she uh, gathers up all the magic she can muster and actually has a really legitimately cool moment where she fires off a huge magic blast. I believe it's called a uh, Sea Dragon Roar, and completely obliterates Ve like the right side of Veto, completely destroying his right arm. Like actually a pretty. Yeah, well, I will admit this moment. this this moment is. It's one of the few moments of Black Clover that feels earned. Yeah. It feels earned because Noelle, she's been, like, working hard at controlling her magic thus far. Mm -hmm. Not the most successful, but she's been getting pep talks from people, you know? She had an interaction with somebody this arc that uh, actually, you know, gave her good advice that, like, promoted her along to um, do better, to not think about the negative things in life. And she succeeded, and she had big two moments in the series where she succeeded and did something really cool. And we even find out here that she's actually got magic that's very attuned to attacking and, yeah. ki and kicking ass. <laughs> yeah, it's just a sweet moment here. Yeah, it's, it's it's an actual good earned moment. Yeah, so everything... There's a, there's a fourth star for you. Four stars, there's that fourth star. Four star, now you earned it, Black Clover. You got four stars, you're doing good today. So yeah, everything's coming up Noel, but uh, it's kind of uh, short-lived as uh, Beastman recovers and gets even more powerful, so kind of activates beast mode here. Activates beast mode and his third eye in his yes. head. As per the name. Yes, and uh, his fur grows white, from what I remember. Right, it grows a little bit white. Mm -hmm. So, like, this is, like, his... This is his most powerful form, and, like, even though Noel unleashed the most powerful attack she did, he's still not going down. Yes, he's unleashing mythical beast magic now. Yeah, but, uh, ah, never fear, as Asta is here to hot dog grandstand and steal the spotlight from you, Noel. So, yeah, just, uh, just, just stand back there, honey, let the men fight here. You, you, you had one good shot, but now, according to plot, you have to be out of magic now. <laughs> yes, let you, this is, this is the job for the hero of the story, is like, is this show all about you? No, it's all about Asta, he's gotta be the one to, uh, win the day. Because, of course, <laughs> yeah. So, Asta fights Beastie Boy, and then Drunky and Womanizer show up to uh, help him by using a method that's actually pretty neat in all honesty, where, like, uh, Vanessa has uh, Asta all strung up with her magic, and then uh, Finroll has to, like, open up portals, and then she, like, swings around Asta through portals to, like, try to get in uh, pot shots on Veto. Right, right, because, like, Asta, he, he doesn't have too much mobility at this point, so yeah. they kind of give him a helping hand. And I believe there's also a thing where, like, uh, Veto can, like, yeah, read key too. So like, since Asta's not the one actually moving, then they can like get past that and have Vanessa like move for him. Okay, okay. So yeah, there's there's a there's a bit more strategy involved here. There's a bit more strategy. Too bad the animation looks like garbage. Yeah, it was. I was gonna say that this this arc in particular like really solidified for me. It was this one like finally that solidified that the animation this the fights in the series are really not well done. No, a lot of the action gets confusing at times. Uh, I, very often it doesn't have a good sense of, like, the place they're in, so it's, like... Fights can often involve just, like, characters firing off magic from their books, standing still, and just firing off, like, you know, decently designed, like, magic attacks. Like, they look okay at best. Yeah. They look terrible, like, and, like, <laughs> god-awful at their worst. <laughs> but, like, in a fight like this where you've got, like, a character that's more of a physical fighter and you've got characters that are using more physical attacks and they're kind of moving around in the environment and stuff... <laughs> you wish it didn't. Yeah. You really wish it didn't because, like, it's hard to follow the action here and there. Lots, like, the environment, it gets confusing, too, when, like, the environment gets torn up and things are blocking attacks on the screen. And it's like, you don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. 
it's oh god it looked really ugly it's not just with this fight but with like other fights too where like they try to do that thing where like the animate they try to bump up the animation and try to make things more fluid but the thing is it doesn't seem like they have much of a budget so when they try to do that it looks even worse i know it just highlights the weaknesses of it yeah just like you're trying to be all fluid and like very like uh state-of-the-art but it's just like no it just looks it looks like that one bad looking episode of uh samurai 7 done by gonzo where like everything looked like very much like a runny eggs kind of animation yeah like it, it, just, it just nothing flows together very well it all looks very like just gaudy and stuff like yeah. characters are like off model everywhere to accommodate the action so ugly <laughs> it's just like deco versus todoroki this is not <laughs> And of course, during this, because it's the show, we got to have some uh, flashbacks mid-fight for uh, Vanessa and Finral here, which uh, reveals that uh, Vanessa is actually a witch in real life, but, uh, you know, since she doesn't tell anyone this, then it doesn't really matter. I think it comes up in a later arc. I won't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we have uh, Finral, like, uh, Yami saying, like, hey, come join us, we know you're a coward, but hey, you have friends or whatnot, fine. <laughs> I pity the guy who wants sex. <laughs> <laughs> It seems like most of, like, Yami's, like, recruitment tr track record is that he just, like, brings in people that he just feels sorry for. Hey, like I said, losers. They're, they're losers, all of them, to some degree. But, but like, there's, there's, something in a, there's something to a narrative about misfits and them all coming together to just, like, do a job that, like, connects with people. So, yeah, it's got that. Something like that. So the rest of the Black Bulls arrive to health, and they end up defeating Veto with uh, Yami uh, breaking out of that control room and delivering the final blow. And they win the day, get the stone, and Veto is killed. And of course, Veto gets a flashback, and we get to see some of his backstory and how he became a beast man and whatnot. But it doesn't matter because he's dead now. Yeah, he's dead. Like why? Why do we care? You're just wasting our time. I got credit. Like, the, like holy shit, he actually gets killed. Yeah, this is that. He gets slashed down the middle, and he's fucking dead. Yeah, you know what? You don't see. You don't actually see that too often with Shonen. Like when an enemy is defeated, like they're just defeated they're taken away and you'll never see them again but it's like they're not dead like talk about one piece where like luffy defeats say don flamingo but like he's not dead he's still alive but he's just down for the count yeah yeah he's, he's got his dream taken away that's the point in one piece but like no this this guy's like actually dead he's fucking dead he's <laughs> he's six feet under yeah so I'll, another gold star for you <laughs> you're up to five now the people of the Water Temple send the Black Bulls away because what the fuck are the Black Bulls going to do? They're not going to spend any more time in this dank pit of a Water Temple. And then uh, an actual decent moment here where uh, Kahano tries to sing for them, but her throat is still uh, crushed and banged up. But then the rest of the citizens join in to help. And I have to say, like, in the dub, very impressive acting by Brina Palencia here, trying to, like, act as if her voice is, like, shredded while still trying to sing. Right, right. Like, this, that, I would love to hear how she did that. Like, what she had to do to, like, make it sound like her throat actually sounded, got crushed in that moment here, but still trying to sing. No, it's a sweet, it's, a, it's still a sweet little moment of, like, the community trying to support her as, like, in, like, their time of need here. Even as the Black Bulls assure them that they're gonna be, like, you know, cured and stuff, and that they'll be able to recover them and whatnot. Wish I knew more about this town to give a damn, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. like... <laughs> No, you, you almost had you almost had a great moment there, Black Clover. You almost did. Yeah, and the arc tries to end off on a big emotional high where they like try to show flashbacks to the arc saying, Ah, remember all the good times while the ending credits music plays in the background? You know how they have like that big finish? No, this, this feels unearned. <laughs> you did not earn this. I remember watching this going like, you didn't earn this. Stop this. This is yeah. a farce. Uh... <laughs> 
And then, uh, oh, on to the final episode of the series where, like, it doesn't so much wrap up the previous arc because uh, the last episode of the arc did, so instead it just starts up, the season ends with them starting up a new arc for the second season. Well, it probably didn't feel like to them. To, to them, like, because they're thinking about the bigger picture and stuff, like, and they're still, like, steamrolling forward. They were probably just like, who cares? There's going to be a 53rd episode and a 54th and we're going to get up into the 60s and stuff. Like, you know, it doesn't matter too much. Yeah, and just basically, the, it ends with them, like, uh, getting back to the Wizard King with the stone, and then all of a sudden, the Diamond Kingdom attacks from out of nowhere, and e then... Either attacking an outside, like, uh, they're attacking an outside, uh, protectorate, protected city or something. Yeah, and, and I'm just, I remember when I watched this, I'm just like, no, done, bye. <laughs> we're, we're, we're through. We're through. I... We don't care, we don't care about the crazy diamonds here, like, coming in and fucking up shit. I... We're... <laughs> Uh, we're, we're through. We're, we're, we're pretty much through. I signed up for one season, and I only did one season. I'm done. Yeah, rough, roughly one season. We signed up for roughly one season. Yes. Yeah, 50-some-odd <laughs> 50, 50 episodes later. Yeah, some 50-odd. A good year of our lives. As far as, like, a shonen goes, like, we, we gave it more than a chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... And it spat in our hands. Yeah, so... Final thoughts on Black Clover Season 1. Uh, do you need to ask this question? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, but you know what? As much shit as I will talk about Black Clover, as much as I, there's, as much as I will like give out about like how it's not well animated, about how there's a lot of, about how the world building is horseshit, about how many of the characters' personalities are not endearing whatsoever. They're they come across as very grating. I don't know. It still does some small things right. It still does some some things like. Like an acceptable degree, like you know, like the 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 aquatic, you know, the the underwater, like t the water temple arc had like some decent stuff with like Noel interacting with like her new underwater friends, <laughs> her new fishy friends, the snorks, <laughs> the snorks, yeah. <laughs> but no, they had some decent moments where like you know, like some character development, character building, a minute amount, like occurred. <laughs> where like where like some characters showed a lot more teamwork than what they usually would in like uh, the previous arcs and stuff. It progressed, but, like, in, like, a really, like, weird, disconnected kind of way and stuff. It feels like it's just enough for people. Like, it's just enough. Not enough for me. I'm not gonna watch it anymore. <laughs> but it made me... It, it made me come to a realization with Black Clover that, like, you know, there there are some things to the series that, you know, some people could get behind, you know? You know, I think it's only... I think your original theory only goes so far with, like, you know, Crunchyroll promoting it a whole lot and stuff, you know? I think that, I think there is some truth to that. But I think what keeps it going is that, like, there are some things to the series that do keep it genuinely going. Like, there, like it's not entirely insincere. That's what I'm saying. Like, the series, th there's a few things here and there to like, you know? A few things here and there. Not a whole lot. <laughs> I said a few. Remember, a few means, like, a few means, like, three or four. <laughs> But but you know for for some for some folks out there that can be enough. It's got enough iconic stuff in them in there for them to like enough identifiable things for them to get behind. Honestly, I th I still think for me personally, this show comes up really damn short. This is this is a shonen that like I originally thought like oh well people are probably getting into this for like really good reasons like maybe this is gonna blow blow me away and and it didn't blow me away <laughs> whatsoever. It was very underwhelming. I'm still kind of surprised they lasted 52 episodes, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I'm I'm glad I got a, I got a little bit behind it and stuff. Like like I gave it this long of a shot. Like I got in for this far just to try and understand it. Just to say to people that like I watched 52 episodes of Black Clover and I know enough. I'm never gonna watch anymore. 
But I can say right now, it's alright if you want to get behind it. Like, I can understand why other people, like, can get behind it. Like, I feel like I've came to an understanding with other people who like this series by the end of it. So I'm thankful for that. I'm not thankful for the plot I got <laughs> out of it. And I'm never, and I'm not gonna continue it further. <laughs> Like, I don't know, maybe it'll be like with Naruto, where, like, I checked in every now and then to see what the plot's, what's going on with the plot, you know? Or maybe I'll check in with, like, on, like, what the Wikipedia is going on, like, what's going on with the Wikipedia, like, hey, is this character dead yet? <laughs> dead yet? Did this happen yet? Okay, whatever. <laughs> Back to my life. You know, it's, it's not like, you know, SAO, where I couldn't give less of a shit what happens, like, going forward. With Black Clover, I feel like there's just enough in there to, like, endear me somewhat. But whatever. Other people can like it, too, and stuff, and, like, whatever. That's their jazz. All right. Just, like, uh, as for me, uh, you mentioned that underwhelming is, like, a big key point of this, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Like, that's the one big thing to describe. Black Clover, it's very underwhelming, like, uh, in all the hype and all my theory of that, this is just, like, a Crunchyroll and Shonen Drum trying to push this as the next big thing because they still they need a big three and everything like that, but... It just, like, falls so flat. Not a whole lot of characters I like. Even the one character I did like, they kind of ruin her in the end. But uh, they still kind of give her some moments here and there, so it's not like... They're not quite giving up on Noelle just yet, but... They gotta do a lot of damage control if they ever want to, like, try to fix her. Like, maybe try to just, just hook her and Asta up together. Just get it over with so that they're a couple and uh, it's fine. You know they won't do that. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> I know I gave I know I gave Black Clover a lot of credit there, but I'm not going to give them enough credit to say no, that they're, they're actually going to hook up Asta and Noel. No, they're crazy. Just, no, they're just going to stick with that forever. No, <laughs> but like, uh, not a whole lot of characters I like. Uh, the writing is just it can get grating after a while, which is like how formulaic each story arc is, where like fights just start just happen. Like the the Black Bulls just so happen upon a conflict, and then out of nowhere, an even bigger conflict happens. And right, right. At the end of it we get reasonings behind a conflict but we could have used that in the beginning because you know you have a steak here but there's no sizzle to the steak like you need to like add, you need to add some get some heat to this thing right here but no you just save it for later and as and it's very flippant and kind of just tossed aside right the the the, the plot is really disjointed in many parts yeah yeah and just of course like you have flashbacks to like uh, moments to characters in the middle of a fight like this could be their own episodes, or it can be, like, moments where characters, like, have characters talk to each other, like, try to build up the bonds between the Black Bulls, because, like, you know, they try to build them up as, like, these lovable losers who are, like, you know, us against the world, but is there really much connection to them other than just, like, hanging out? Like, there's really... Like, they're all just in, like, the same guild, they're just, in the like, same just guild. live in the same place. But, like, no one ever actually really talks to each other, or when they do talk, they're just, like, spouting their, like, regular running jokes. Like, no one actually talks like a human being in the show. Right, even, like, Magna and Luck have, like, somewhat of, like, a friendship going on, but yeah, it's they, still the same banter, that, but it's still the same shtick they always yeah, do. Yeah, they, they tried to do something with Magna and Luck before uh, Veto mopped the floor with them. Like, they had... There was another flashback that I think I forgot to mention where, like, uh, we got to see them, like, being all buddy-buddy. First but, meeting. Yeah, but it, it's still the same thing of, like, Magna being Magna and Luck being Luck. Right. The magic in the show is just kind of unimpressive, really. Just, uh, it just seems better. Yeah, it was one of the, yeah, it was definitely one of the more disappointing parts of the series. It's that very, the magic was so, like, <laughs> disappointingly bland. It's very bare bones, just elemental magic, where, like, I can, yeah. look, I can look at a show like Fairy Tale and we're like, okay, the magic is somewhat more creative, like, Dragon Slayer stuff, or, like, opening it's, up It's gates. more flexible with the powers. Mashima tries to get more creative with this, and that's, like, the only th credit I can give to Mashima about that series. He's slightly above Tabata in terms of, like, mangaka, mm -hmm. at least in this point yeah just overall like if you like this series just uh you know more power to you like i'm not gonna dissuade anyone for liking black clover because i didn't get anything out of it right you know i'm not gonna be kind of the person saying like oh 
you stupid idiot, you shouldn't be watching this, you should be watching better shows like My Hero Academia or One Piece, but I wouldn't do that because that does a disservice to My Hero and One Piece. Yeah, yeah, but I will, I will admit, just like, yeah, just full disclosure, part of why I empathize, why I try to empathize with people is because, you know, I've, I've heard of, like, an experience, like, again, it's just a friend of, it's just a friend of a friend kind of, like, like situation and stuff. But yeah, I just heard somebody at, like, a con, like, you know, not too long ago did get kind of, like, shit upon a little bit because, like, because they went to a Black Clover panel and, like, it was kind of, the panel was kind of shitting over Black Clover a bit. But, you know, they genuinely liked it, but then, like, the, the panel kind of started to shit on them, too. Yeah, and, like, like when it gets too personal like that, then then that's when you're crossing a line. Yeah, that's when it's crossing a line. So I, I, I do try to empathize with people who do like this series. So, yes, it is fine if you like Black Clover, but I will say you, you do like a mediocre shonen. Yeah, this this series is, like, say, say One Piece is, like, E.T. This is Mac and Me. Yeah, it, well, I, <laughs> I don't know, have you seen Mac and Me? <laughs> yes, I have seen Mac and Me. <laughs> I don't know if it's to that degree, but it's like, this is the way I put it. It's more like the resurgence of, like, uh, fantasy interest in anime. Right. Where we're seeing a large influx of isekai anime right now, of, like, just straight dudes going <laughs> to, like, fantasy worlds, heavily inspired by RPGs and fantasy, and having adventures in there. So, and Black Clover doesn't do anything like that. It's it's its own fantasy world where, like, the characters are all, like, interacting with magic and stuff. It's got, it's a lot more medieval looking. It doesn't look like fairy tale. You could say that much. It doesn't mm. look anything like fairy tale. It's a lot more medieval looking, a bit more low-tech. It's not modern for the most part, except for those few anachronistic, and like, elements. Right, yeah. So I think it does tap into that um, easy-to-access... Uh, fantasy genre that kind of hooks that kind of hooks anime fans in. Uh, well, some anime fans, you know, whoever those that do have like a, uh, an intersection where they like anime and fantasy, right? But they also like shonens as well. Yeah. So that's I think Black Clover is sort of like sort of meets those people in the middle, the fantasy lovers and the anime lovers, and it gives them that kind of shonen that they uh, never knew they wanted. Just get that big Venn diagram of like right, exactly. It's that it's that perfect like cross section, you know. It's that it's the way those two like kind of cross over each other, and you know, Black Clover. I'll say this much: it fills a niche. It fills a niche. Yeah, it's it's a fantasy shonen for you know anime watchers out there, like the fantasy lovers that are currently populating anime. At least until the fantasy trend blows off, <laughs> <laughs> which it will. I'm saying that right now. There will come a point when people will just get where like this whole fantasy trend in anime will just die off, and I'll be a lot happier. <laughs> At least in regards to the isekai genre. Yeah. But whatever, I, I can respect enough that, like, Black Clover fills this little niche. I just wish, wish, wish we got a better story out yeah. of it. We, it it's, Black Clover is deserving of a much better story. You say, if you like this, then it's totally fine. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna insult your intelligence for this, just and if, because and if it I gets, don't like it. And if it, it gets better later on, perfect! perfect. Great! You, you like an anime that started out shit and got better later on. Yeah. It got shit during the time where, like, it was supposed to influence people. But it got better over time. Yeah. And going through this whole entire year's worth of uh, Black Clover on Toonami and just thinking, like, do I regret this? Like, I've seen people on my Twitter, like, when I live-tweet uh, Black Clover, saying, like, why are you still watching the show when you hate it so much? And just, like, I was thinking, like, was this worth it? And I would say yes and no. No, because I had to watch a shitty anime for a year. But, uh, yes, because I did it. It's like, I sat through 52 episodes of Black Clover Season 1, and I got through it, and I can give my full thoughts on it, because, like, one of my biggest, uh, you know, pet peeves about, like, uh, criticism online in particular is, like, people shitting on something that they haven't seen before. So, like, 
when I want to like be thorough in like something that I either like or dislike, especially when it's something I dislike, I want to see it all the way through to the end. It's a bit of a pride thing where like I don't want to see, I don't want to show to beat me. I want to be able to like say I did this thing and now I can like rightfully talk about it. Like I've seen all of season one of Black Clover. I am allowed to give out about this show. <laughs> You're allowed to shit upon it because you sat through 52 episodes. Yeah. And just season one. I don't give a shit about season two or beyond. Right. You gave it more than a chance. Yes. I, uh, yeah, definitely. So you can give people that benefit of the doubt. And just to say, I did it. Now to move on with my life. Now we can, <laughs> the, 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 the goal now, the goal now is to just get on with our lives. Yeah. I won't buy into any more big overhyping of the series like with uh, Crunchyroll most recently talking about how one of the recent episodes of the second season <laughs> would change the shonen genre forever. It's like don't kid yourself. Black Clover is not going to change anything about the genre. Just just stop. You're just you're just kind of being cute at this point. Right. We can believe it can get better, but we're not going to believe for one second it's going to be genre defining. No, it's if Black Clover were to get better, it would be just be more like it'd be more like subtle changes is what I would expect from the series if it were to get better, not like Holy shit, it's just, it does like a 180 or a 360, brother. Right, right. It's the, it's the same way I feel about like when people say like, Oh, Sword Art is g good now. <laughs> the episodes are better now. Like, no, no. Never gonna believe that. No, I don't believe it. <laughs> and hey, though I may not believe that with Black Clover, at least I can believe it has room to improve. So, if you made it to the end of this, congratulations and thanks for listening. <laughs> We give you, the viewers, a gold star as well. Yeah, especially if you are a fan of Black Clover and you sat through this entire podcast, then you get two gold stars. And guess what? That makes you already better than the Black Bulls. <laughs> That's something to have pride in there. Give yourself a pat on the back. So, I've been your host, Mikey. You can find me at my social medias, at Mikey Shioda on Twitter, and MikeyShioda.tumblr.com. And where can we find you, Ryan? You can find me at WolfishGrin on Twitter and WolfishGrin on Tumblr. <laughs> and follow the show's Twitter at anime underscore bay bay. That's anime underscore B-A-Y B-A-Y. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or you want to tell us how wrong we are about Black Clover, uh, send any emails to animebaybaypod at gmail.com. Oh, yes, please tell me how wrong I am about Black Clover. Please, I, I invite that. I am all ears for this, and that's animebaybaypod at gmail.com. So next time, we're going to get back to covering something that's more positive, because that's the one thing I wanted to do with this podcast, be more positive and talk about the stuff we like. And since we did a series that can be used as an example of how not to do a shonen, then why don't we cover a series that's an example of how to do a shonen properly? And what do you have for us? On our next episode, we'll be talking about My Hero Academia Season 1. Oh, you just hit the right nerve with me there, bud. Oh, get set to Go Beyond. <laughs> go Beyond plus Ultra. <laughs> Thanks again for listening, and this has been Anime, Anime Baby! Baby.